<laughs> yeah, so we are live. We're live. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Nerdy of North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast, and it's hosted by Northern Nerds. I am one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the host, Paul. And we are joined this evening by the lovely Michaela and the ever so lovely Grant, um, where we are going to be doing a special episode. We're going back to the top fives, which we haven't touched on in in a minute. <laughs> I was thinking that today. How long is it since we did a top five? It's been it's been a while, actually. Yeah, so it's not been. Um, it's, it's probably been a lot more than a month, I would say. Yeah, because we didn't do any in October. I think, God, I generally can't remember now. As we learned <laughs> on the 100th episode, they're all just rolling into one now. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting that bad. But how? Uh, I hope everyone's okay. I know I've been out shopping in Newcastle today, <laughs> so it, it's been an adventure, shall we say. Traumatised. <laughs> oh, um, well, I've never, I I've thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be quiet, but it's, Definitely not being quiet today. So. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas shopping. Well, I've got a question before we kick off. Right. You ready? Ready for this? How are you doing and how what you've been watching? How's your <laughs> week been and what are you been watching? I'm really trying to think of new ways of mixing this in. Why did you go Irish there? <laughs> <laughs> Just my accent. <laughs> Sam's taking on a new persona. She's Irish Sam today, so yes. Yeah, the, the hair's gone red. The accent's changed. <laughs> but yes, um, I know, like I say, a lot of us have been watching probably Wednesday and we are very excited about it. So, But we can't really talk too much about that because if we get the plans together, we are going to try and do a review of it. Yeah, but that is what I've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> that and Drag Race UK. No, oh, shut up. I, I haven't watched the final, so shut Oh, no. Yeah, I, won't tell you, I won't tell you then. Yeah. But, yeah. Drag Race, Wednesday, and I'm a celeb. Yeah. That's my week. <laughs> what I know, about you, Grant? I know, Grant. <laughs> uh, Wednesday. Um, I haven't had a lot of time uh, for TV this mm. week, but I've caught up on the first two episodes of Criminal Minds that have just released in our absolutely right. adore Criminal Minds. Is this so, the new one where like, they're all yes. getting back together? Uh, some of them have, some of them haven't, but it's it's interestingly done. Um, it's very differently shot, and diff- definitely like different screenwriters or a different screenwriting style. It's not the same as the previous series. Right. Um, there's definitely a darkness to it that uh, it didn't have before, and it was a pretty dark show already. But it's I don't know, it's like maybe ten percent David Lynch in there. <laughs> I suppose is the best way that I can describe it. It's looking like it's going to be enjoyable, though. Um, but yeah, Wednesday, 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 yes. Wednesday. Christina Ricci. Oh. <laughs> yes. Um, even when she's trying to play it down and play it like, like I, I know I say playing it down, but she's just like any looks that she pulls, she just looks <gasps> it's so hair. beautiful and cat-like. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. she just the never. Hair just... looks so good. Mm-hmm. And Gwendolyn Christie's amazing. Yeah, I, I read something today as well that was a, like made us happy, but also a little sad. That um, she said filming Wednesday was one of the best experiences because it's the first time that she's ever felt beautiful in oh. on film. Oh wow, no, mm. she's beautiful in anything she does. Yeah, she's so. freaking gorgeous as Brianna Tarth. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, say rather than being like, because Wednesday she's very feminine. Yeah, but, uh, and most of the, most of the roles and everything that she plays, it's it's 
it's a lot more and, and stuff like that. But, yeah, she's, uh, she's a lot more masculine in some of the other stuff that she does. Oh, bless her. I love her. She is my absolute queen. I love that woman. Have you been watching out, Michaela? Uh, I didn't even know it came out. <laughs> so, I'm about um, 20 years behind everyone, even though I've seen it many, many times, because I am re-watching Buffy again. Ah, right. So, Where are you up to? So this is like the fifth, sixth time I've watched it. And I've just started series five. All right. So, so, you're, so you're out of the crap colleges. I look my partner <laughs> that season. I love it. I think it's funny. And I, and I just I really like it, and it's before dawn comes in. So yeah, <laughs> it's always a weird when it comes to the because uh, I'm I, I never got on well with I think I've talked about it before the the college years of Buffy. Uh, it didn't quite sit well, but there was a few standalone standout episodes in that that kind of made it worth watching. But for me, the high school and like say when she becomes a bit of an adult when the, the episodes become a bit darker as well. That was always mm-hmm. like my time for it. But I prefer the angel, to be honest, but that's me just being awkward. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go down that route. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's an argument for another day. <laughs> yeah. Well, as is top five, I'll get the disclaimer out of the mm-hmm. way with and we'll get cracking because there's a lot, a lot to get through. So yeah. everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you would like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join mm-hmm. us in the Facebook group where we can have an open discussion. Uh, what mm-hmm. we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So let's keep it fun, keep it kind, and keep the toxic behaviour out of nerdism. <laughs> yes, very well done, very well done. And if anyone's watching us on YouTube as well, I hope you have noticed the little Easter egg I've put in uh, to, to, to the rotating villains thing, like uh, our very own Goodwill, who is the nastiest piece of work you'll ever meet. So He's generally the loveliest person you'll ever meet, but he has just looked me dead in the eye. <laughs> Unless you're fluffy and like a cat. <laughs> Yes. Oh, let's get on with the villains, shall we? So let's start. So who wants to make a start? Um, we'll let Michaela because she's not been on for a while. So oh, I'm starting. Oh, no. you can start us off. <laughs> right. I've I've been talking. To, I was very excited to do this, and I was talking to Sam, and I I have gone for not my favorite villains or favorite films. I have mm-hmm. gone for people, characters that I would not want to meet. And like would just be somebody very toxic in my life, so I've gone down that kind of route because I would have just picked Quill <laughs> and things like that. So, but I have picked I, I picked very known known movies. Not that's not obscure at all. So I'll go I, with me most known. I'll and be honest. Gonna... I did have money on that. I thought you would just pick all Disney villains. So that that that's my bet gone out the window now. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would. I'd be like. <laughs> Thinking a little bit, a little bit differently. But <laughs> my my first one, which someone might have picked because he is a very known uh, character, is Biff Tannen from Back mm-hmm. to Future. And I know you've just just had a, a bit whole podcast on him. And as you just said, Donald Trump. I was like, this would be the if. And I, I've picked Back to the Future too because right. we do get the the, the Donald Trump, Trump kind of esque vibe. But he's just a horrible person. He's just mm-hmm. nasty. And there's no, you never like. You know, like a lot of villains, you can feel sorry for them and you can yeah. have like this, rooting for them. You do ever root for him. You always no. want him to fail. He's mm-hmm. fun to watch. I think the actor um, is brilliant. What's his name? Thomas F. Wilson. 
And mm-hmm. to know that he's an absolute sweetheart in real life is kind of like makes him more like <laughs> more like um fun to watch and he's fun to watch. You want to watch a villain who mm-hmm. is just doesn't care and there's no there's no morality to him and yeah. that that whole film's perfectly cast mm-hmm. and I think he is probably one of the be- the best. I was in it. I told a story last week on the podcast about mm-hmm. the Back to the Future ride and yeah. how the reason we go on it as much as what we did was because of him yeah. and he, like the way that he is in that ride and some of the, the things that he says and the fact that he shouts butthead through <laughs> like an echoed room is just like, it was magical. <laughs> See, that was, uh, since last week's pop- podcast, that's all I've been doing is calling people butthead. So, <laughs> but he is the quintessential bully, that thing that stands out. Everyone kind of knows a Biff from growing up. Um like anyone, that's why he's so relatable. And you, you kind of, as you said, there's no redeeming qualities. Even when he gets his comeuppance, he, he's still a bell end and you still think he's <laughs> yeah. he, he just, he just more of a, a kiss ass than anything else. So you're kind of like happy that he gets what happened, comes to him. But then it's like, um, you, you can never root for him. You never, he never gets like a lot of villains when you watch. Um, you get they get the redeeming feature, or you can see their point of view, and they've they all all types of interesting villains. But I can say he is just a complete dick, and if they played him any other way, it wouldn't have worked as well as it did. Yeah, and, and I think in like every alternative universe in that film, he's a knob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not nice yeah. in any of them. No. <laughs> it just continues on in any on any dimension. Biff Tannen mm-hmm. is a knob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, um, no multiverse. Yeah, no multiverse. No. <laughs> he breaks the rule of multiverse. <laughs> to be fair, because I know the multiverse has been in comics for a lot longer. This, but this is probably the first inter- integration of multiverse and cinema. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I'm sure Sam's mentioned this many times. It's a huge film trilogy mm-hmm. in our house. Absolutely mm-hmm. love it. I could I could watch it all the time and never. It's never aged badly, um, and I just absolutely adore Back to the Future. And I know, and this whole thing of um, remakes and reboots, and I know mm-hmm. everyone said it, but like you could just never do it. We did have a little discussion last week on the, the Back to the Future episode. There is ways and means I think it can work, just not in the same vein or same movies type thing, but um, like... Last week's podcast was probably one of the most fun ones I've had in a long time talking about this movie, just for the simple reasons. Because even though I just mentioned the villain, I'm smiling because yeah. of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what it. That's what it brings to you. That's what it does. I think it's the one film. Me one film that me dad will sit and watch without falling asleep. To. <laughs> <laughs> that's a testament. <laughs> And I do like the second one. I don't know about one of the first one, but I, I do like the second one. I, when we got when we had to choose um, one, two, and three, like put them in order, and I went to one, three because I absolutely love the second one. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so much fun. Like I don't get us wrong, the first one is fantastic, but the second one's just funner. And for a sequel to be funner. Yeah, it's it's just one continuous story for me, though. That's the thing. So that, that... <laughs> that's like Lord of the Rings with me. <laughs> it doesn't end; it just keeps going. Oh, no. And boy, do we want that to end! <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, the great first pick. It's not on my pick, so um, not on my. Well, 
Brand, what about you? Not in yours? Oh, cool. We've got, it's just got a... Definitely not <laughs> Oh, Grant's, oh, Grant's fin. No, you, you still... You come back, but... There. Speak, Grant. <laughs> Am I still and... here? Yeah, you're still you're here. Right. You're still here. Cool. Yeah, yeah. all right. Right, before we lose your gant, we'll go with your, second, your, your, your first pick. Sorry. Bloody <laughs> hell. Okay, so... Um, Just to let uh, everyone know as well, like we did have a few people pull out today, so Grant had to fill in, and like I say, we are very thankful for Grant for jumping in. He's had very little notice to do this, so... Um, <laughs> three hours prep time. <laughs> I'm looking at my list following Michaela's there and thinking... Oh, maybe you've gone a little bit too extreme with this, Grant. You <laughs> saw that list after talking about Back to the Future, where I think you guys are going to go, why does this mad bastard want to talk about that film? <laughs> Moving on. Um... <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go with um, a villain from a movie that I've already talked about once before. I brought it up on the cult uh, films. One of the main villains from uh, Tony Scott's True Romance. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um and it's only a bit part. Um, the way that I've gone with my choices um, is very much around uh, the writing and the introduction of your villains as much as it is the character itself. I'm kind of basing it on the, like, the movie as opposed to the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going with Drexel from uh-huh. True Romance. Excellent um, it's only a tiny little part. Obviously, uh, he's alive for all of about five minutes in there, but from the moment the the camera goes on to Drexel, you despise him. You absolutely mm-hmm. want him to just be brutalised immediately because he's such a a horrible, despicable person. And I think that is exactly what you want from a villain in mm-hmm. a lot of senses. And it's so well and so quickly. That's why I would put him in my top five because you don't need to establish his character. Mm-hmm. You've just got Gary Oldman in there being... What I Harry Oldman <laughs> as well, yeah. yeah. I think I genuinely think Drexel is uh, Bar- uh, Gary Oldman's best role mm-hmm. in a movie because he's just he owns the screen for that five minutes and makes you want nothing more than to watch him die. And he makes leopard print look good. Like <laughs> that laugh? outfit, <laughs> just that outfit is just horrendous. And how he thinks he can get away with them bloody teeth, but it works for him. Yeah. Like it really yeah. works for him. You know no. what? I can still hear you guys because I'm on Bluetooth, but I'm going to go and get my leopard print dressing gown just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, True Romance is one of my wife's favorite films as well, so she would probably agree. And to be fun, to be honest, Gary Oldman, um, anything he does, like good, bad, or like indifferent, he, 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 he uh, you can't say he's done any like anything really no. bad. Um, uh, no, no, I wouldn't no. even say Dr- Dracula. I don't like for many reasons and he is not one of them but Gypsy looked heartbroken there when Grant stood up <laughs> oh dear wow <laughs> there we go wow Grant <laughs> two people that make leopard print look good <laughs> Grant I have leopard print slippers on you could have them and make an absolute piece out of it oh, I th- thought she was going to say go wear uh, pants there but we'll, we'll, we'll leave no, that no no <laughs> I actually do have some on today but yes um, oh, funny enough you. funny enough saying that um <laughs> about uh, Gary Oldman has, that, has he just announced he's retiring he's retiring yeah, from no. actors as well oh. yeah so I, I don't know like what his last role was or if it's going to be anything like soon but uh, he says he's hanging up he doesn't need to do it anymore so uh, yeah so good on him so 
like I say, he's not when one of these that's going to be keep making movies long yeah. after he should have, or when it gets a little bit desperate type thing. But um, no, he's one of my favorite actors as he's well. One like of say, mine. I always used to tell my mother that I would end up marrying him one day. Still waiting for that to happen. Like. <laughs> Certainly. But, um, probably too just... old for him now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> that was a comment on the man, not the woman. But, yeah. <laughs> but, I think, um, um, yeah, so go, go for it. Um, I think with, with a lot of actors in villain roles too, and Gary Oldman's the perfect um, <laughs> example of it, is you've got to be a bit hammy. Mm-hmm. You've yeah. got to have that bit ham about your performance. And I know one of them, which Sam will pick, which will be a spoiler, <laughs> is probably the most pure hammiest performance going as a villain. So I think Gary Oldman does ham up well and knows what he's doing. Yeah, I love these uh, cameo and friends with Joy. And he's <laughs> teaching Joy how to be like a professional actor by spitting on each other. Uh, they were like doing spick takes and then he got hammered on the yeah. next episode. It was just absolutely, he could tell he was having so much fun and yeah. uh, like doing what he does. But, but he, uh, is, he is, when it comes to villains, he mm-hmm. is the best and you'll be shocked, Michaela. He's not, not on my list. It's not. <laughs> no, it's not on my list. My list is going to blow Stop. your mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, just saying in the chat as well. Uh, sorry, uh, go off subject. Just because uh, Goodwill have said it's his mom's birthday, so oh. so, ha- so happy birthday, Goodwill's mom. Uh, he, she, he, she, he tells us she likes to listen to the podcast. Uh, so happy work birthday, Goodwill's mom. There. <laughs> happy birthday, Mrs. Goodwill. I don't know, Goodwill. Can you post a picture of your mom just so we can comment on the hotness? Yeah, send nudes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. Middlesbrough does stuff like that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> kind, of, kind of about hot, hot, hot mams. I hope, hope Sam's mum, because she'll be watching tonight with Michaela being on. So hi, 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 hi Mrs. Mom. <laughs> hi, yeah, you've, you've, clearly, you've clearly not been watching any of these podcasts, because <laughs> if you did, you'd know that was coming. Donna has actually said in the comments earlier, I wonder if Paul mentioned Sam's mum, given that Michaela's on. <laughs> Don't like say she's a very she she's a very attractive woman. What can I say? She's beautiful. Yes, we're all in agreement. So we'd need to get Sam's mum on the podcast. So that would be an uncomfortable conversation for me. I don't really think you'd want to, but... <laughs> yeah, if they do a too mm-hmm. and we review. It, my mum will come on for that episode. I well, promise I think, you. Well, I and think she can talk your ear off about it. I think they've already <laughs> announced that season two has been made. So yeah, it is. Yeah, it's been made now. She and she's just bought the second part of the uh, the mm-hmm. audio book. So needless to say, I'll have a lot of conversations with about that. With that, but have you got anything else, Grant? You want to add to uh, Gary Oldman? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Three hours prep. I'll let you guys talk. Oh. I'm just going to throw <laughs> shit in there and watch us go on it like rabid dogs. <laughs> While you sit there in your leopard print dressing gown. <laughs> it's going to all Buffalo Bill on us. <laughs> well, that is such a perfect segue. Can I go next? No, because I was going to leave you to the last, but yes. No. Yes, yeah. yes. That so was let's such have... a perfect segue, segue because mm-hmm. what my first pick mm-hmm. is Buffalo Bill. Yep. From Hold the it. Green Mile. Ah! Got you. <laughs> I got you. It is, you might see me face illuminate up because I do have my picture <laughs> over next to us, but it is William Morton from the Green Mile. Um, mm-hmm. I was watching a clip last night mm-hmm. of um, his encounter with, with Percy. 
mm-hmm. it just came up on TikTok randomly and I'm like, holy shit, he mm-hmm. is like the quintessential evil. Like mm-hmm. that man is fucking awful. Yeah. And I was like, he has to go on my list. And I was like, I'm going to really like stir it up because I'm going to see a Buffalo Bill and people are going to think <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. And oh, he's going to be wrong. She got us, guys. She got us. Finally, she got one. <laughs> I tell you what, my list is just, it's not me at all. Mm-hmm. It, like, it's not, it is because it's yeah. everything that I, everything that I love in movies, <clears throat> but it's not something typically like people would expect from us. And Buffalo Bill is just a fantastic villain. You hate him from the second you see him. And you're really, you are happy that Percy gets that gun and shoots him. What's the what, guy what's called he? again? What's his what's 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 actor's name? Sam Rockwell, yeah, because he, he always plays interesting roles. Let's okay. let's forget about his role in um, Iron Man 2. Let's pretend that never that happened. So. Oh, I genuinely didn't mind Iron Man 2. <laughs> if we were taught Iron Man 3, then mm. Guy Pierce's head would be on a spike. But um, I didn't mind that. It, it, Sam Rockwell is absolutely phenomenal. He whatever he touches turns turns to gold. Um, mm-hmm. This 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 probably was the first bit, the first role I saw him in mm-hmm. was the Green Mile. I generally can't remember anything of his mm-hmm. before that. Mm-hmm. Um, Goodwill, can you get to work, please? <laughs> <laughs> the 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 here. <laughs> you can tell Grant's on the show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But, but yes. yeah, Buffalo Bill from the Green Mile, who who did the dirty on John Coffee, yeah, without him actually knowing he did the dirty on John Coffee. But that's why you hated him more as well mm-hmm. because of that situation when you find out like that little twist, like say it's, it's so brilliantly done and well worked because he, he is cheesy and and schemish, but you don't think he's like that evil compared to what till that yeah. little that'll turn around. And it's horrific in ways, and that's what the Green Mile does. It's like it turns your like, like, like everything like prejudiced or like, like it gets you like all the different emotions all at once. But it's just a well, well done movie. Um, like I say, with the actors that the caliber in it, like I say, everyone kind of plays off each other as well. Like no yeah. one try, like kind of outshines each other. Absolutely not. The chemistry in that movie, from like even interactions with them. Percy, I can't remember the actor's name. Sorry, um, he played Tombs in X Files. Um, him and Tom Hanks, like it, everything is just electric in that film. But with him, you know he's done bad because he mm-hmm. wouldn't be on death. He wouldn't be on death row or on the Green Mile if he hadn't. But you just think he's a bit. Touch. He is a bit. Yeah, yeah. he's a, yeah because of his antics of his behaviour. You you can't conceive what he actually did, and Fair when enough. you see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it turns me stomach. It really does turn me stomach. And I was like, if you can get that kind of emotion out of us, you are going on. And, and it was literally from watching a clip, it just brought everything back of how I felt about him. Mm-hmm. And this is why he's made my list. Certainly. That kind of goes with like with my first pick as well. Look not, at us working uh, together. Look at the working <laughs> together. <laughs> not, not the whole, um, like I said, thing, but watching a clip. And bringing like the flood, the floods of memories, and why, like, why I despise this this bad guy, like, because he is a bad guy. He's like a a pure villain, and he's one of the worst villains, like, going that I've seen in in many films. And it's in a it's in a a sequel, well, the third film of the series, which I I think it's class should be classed as the final film, because. The ones that came afterwards wasn't up to par, 
but I've got the character with us here, so I'll get him out. And he and we all know how much of a bad bear he oh, is. <laughs> this is a very bad bear. And when you, when Lotso comes into Toy Story three, you think, oh, he's this nice cuddly bear, smells of uh, strawberries, and the smell's gone now. But um, yeah, I've never hated a teddy bear so much <laughs> in my life from watching Toy Story three. How he treats my lovable like Woody and like all the other characters as well. And how sinister and scary he was, like, it, like he was terrifying. And like Toy Story three had loads of memorable moments, like like heartbreaking moments when, like, say they go in the furnace and all start holding hands. You think they're going to die? To Andy finally giving away, but this fucking bear, he is <laughs> sinister as fuck. Look at him; he's watching you now. <laughs> Who voices the bear? Ah, oh, I'll get that up for you. Sorry. Um, he's like, I, was, I don't know why, but I was just thinking, was it Kelsey Grammer? But Kelsey Grammer's the sh- the the sheriff. No, the, he was. No, uh, the, the, he, he was Pete. I think he Pete in the second Stinky one. Pete. Pete. Stinky Pete. Um, trying to get lots of his voice. Sorry. So I'm just the videos. Obviously, are delayed on YouTube, and I've just seen you holding lots of up to the camera. <laughs> Look at that bear. <laughs> but tell, like watching Toy Story three. For the first time, I'd, like I say, I know a lot of people do like watch it. Like hopefully, <laughs> only you did... could hear a bear. <laughs> so, Ned, Ned, Ned Beatty, Ned Beatty, American actor. Um, he was. I think he's done a few things. Um, Superman. He was in Superman the original. He was. I think it was Lex Luthor's little partner. All right. Hmm. So oh. he's, he's been in a few things, but not like he's probably not a name or big as like say as Tom Hanks or, and and the others. But he stands his own. But like say, as a Disney fan, <laughs> he certainly or, made an impact on you. <laughs> yeah, as a Disney fan, or like say a fan of like say fun animation and stuff, I thought they made him absolutely sinister as fuck. <laughs> like like when he like when he turns because you see like being all like friendly with the toys and stuff, you're going to give you this good home. But when he turns and he turns into the fucking bad bear, and then you find out his like heartbreaking story how he was given away and lost and how he turned against society, and that um, his little partner in crime, that that big baby, was just fucking horrifying. Um, <laughs> and how at the evening, in the end, when he's trying to throw them into the garbage and like he's, he's got them all like he's like a cult leader, he's, he's brainwashing all the other toys. Ah, see, ah, <laughs> see it now. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good choice. Yes, so that's that's my first pick. There's lots of the scary lots fucking bear. <laughs> oh, bless that bear! <laughs> right, Michaela. Pick oh, they're back to me. Right, which one am I going to see? Um, right, I'll go with this. Is- uh, there's a film, I don't know if anyone's seen it, it was called uh, Promising Young Women, a woman, and it came out in 2020 and is directed by um, Emerald Fennell, who's the woman who plays, um, oh my god, Camilla. what's her name? Camilla on the Crown. Mm-hmm. So she did this amazing film called Promising Young Woman, and the, you could pick any of the men in this film, but I'll pick the main guy in it, who's basically just called Ryan, mm-hmm. and he's played by Bo Burham, and he is the quintessential nice guy 
Mm-hmm. So if anyone knows anything about the film, it's a woman who takes revenge on, she pretends to drunk and takes revenge on men who would take advantage of her. Mm-hmm. And it's all from a friend who was raped and filmed. Right. And she is taking revenge on the people who did this thing. And one of the, one of the people she goes to school with is Ryan. And he becomes across this lovely man and they have a relationship and he's very nice. And then there's a twist, let's say. <laughs> and so I don't ruin the film for anybody. But yeah, I, I like the, the, that film of just spinning it on, on its head of um, talking about these type of men, the nice guys. And I'm sure it's a big trope in films too, especially like romantic comedies. And they're always yeah. a bit creepier too. And I thought mm-hmm. like that when I watched that film, I was very much like, yes, because <laughs> it's the first time it seemed like they were getting kind of the comeuppance. And if you see the film, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't exactly work the way she, she wants it. But um, yeah, I went for like the nice guy. And I think Bob Bur- Burham, even though I do not understand his comedy at all, she picked um, the actor because he is quite, I think he's quite um, an activist and talks about these things and very... Um, very um left-leaning and very opinionated mm-hmm. and she she picked all these people in it um who were considered nice actors mm-hmm. uh, and then kind of made them all fucking all hard. right <laughs> sounds sounds interesting though but you see I, I, it's it's i like the idea of the the spin on the on the trope where like all like women need like say that like nice guy friend and stuff like that like like very john hughes like pretty and pink and stuff like that mm-hmm. like, like everyone needs like a ducky and stuff but um so the main villain is the person who you, who you think should be the trusting one but then he just turns out to be an arsehole and is that is that pretty much twist? yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not a twist it's just it, the the there's a plot point in it i don't want to spoil it for anybody there's a few people who's... in the chat who are saying they're going to add it to a list yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it. i don't know if i'm even saying it well but it's a no no it's, it's coming across it's really interesting. amazing film and i think mm-hmm. with like what's been happening in the last recent years with the mm-hmm. um, me too movement and people actually like mm-hmm. talking about how we talk to each other and how mm-hmm. we respect each other and mm-hmm. all these things that you, maybe 10 years ago we didn't think were abusive how we talked are now coming up and I think this film perfectly just plants itself because I honestly like modern films now I'm like haven't seen loads of them I used to watch mm-hmm. I used to be on it and mm-hmm. watch all these films and I only watched it because it was an Oscar an mm-hmm. Oscar film Mm-hmm. Um and she won for the the director wrote it she won for best screenplay oh. and it's just that that 2020 you can feel that in like the mm-hmm. the universe now which I don't think a lot of films but like say that's that. kind of yeah because it's we'll still get the shit that's going on like say in the Amer- especially in America like um when I think that court case where the they didn't want to sentence um, like the, the tip, like the typical white guy who's from good background. Yeah, uh, the swimmer. Uh, the swimmer who they thought if they sentenced him for um, for rear, it would spoil his life. But what about spoiling the life of the person who he attacked? Yeah, but, I, I read the news. I read the news article of her mm-hmm. uh, account of it, and it's heartbreaking. Like heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I've not seen this film, but I absolutely adore. Um, the woman who wrote and won the Oscar for it. She's not only Camilla in The Crown, she is also Patsy in Call the Midwife. And she has oh, right. the best, <laughs> best dress 
best fashion sense in that's for sure i love it she is fantastic but no i've not seen it <laughs> can i just say as you just said about that but the brock turner person she wrote a book she's called chanel miller and a book's called know my name a memoir and it's absolutely amazing mm-hmm. um and i would definitely it uh, comes just on how the, it ruined her life it comes mm-hmm. on the back of her news article her news um she wrote an article for a newspaper and i'm sure that's what it was called so a book off the back of that because yeah, I've read it and brilliant. it's horrific mm-hmm. and um yeah so I think that film kind of that kind and a, a big thing about it is um college social in America we do uh, over here and I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of documentaries on it too uh college men um getting women so drunk mm-hmm. and then gang raping them and then filming them and having no um mm-hmm. repercussions at mm-hmm. all because they yeah. are stars Mm-hmm. And it's that, it's that, it's all that, and it's a hard watch, but it's yeah. fucking brilliant, and you should definitely watch it. But he's he's horrible in it because you don't you don't have that like hate, you don't yeah. have that he's gonna get it, you don't have that thing because you've been played throughout the whole thing that he's yeah. a good guy. No, certainly. And there was that film in was it early nineties or eighties? Uh, was it Kids? It was called. Um, it was like a yeah. American like. It was set like a, a documentary, but it was about like these American teenagers going out doing drugs and basically having sex and stuff. And what, but one of them had AIDS, and the, and he was basically didn't know about it until one of the lasses who he slept with, like because he, he called himself uh, the virgin virginity taker, wasn't it, or something like that? Oh my god! Never heard of it. <laughs> uh, and it, it's it's a hard watch. It's a hard watch because like one of the girls who who, who it happens to like. Thing that's been, she wasn't sleeping around. She wasn't being It was her first time. She catches age and she spends the film trying to find this guy to tell him. To the point where she goes to a party at the end and she gets drugged up, and someone date rapes her. Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> but, god, this sounds horrific. But it was a uh, ban for a long time. Like say, because it, it's it's not easy to watch. It stayed with me after I watched it for a while. But yeah, sorry, sorry to take that down a tone there. That did turn, <laughs> that, 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 the, that whole pick turned yeah. a corner. <laughs> but I was expecting it. We're talking about villains, then you know, there's a there's a reason the fucking hate it. <laughs> so, so, so moving on to Grant now. Oh, Grant, follow that one. <laughs> make, make it a bit more lighthearted. <laughs> Indeed, um, I don't have any lighthearted picks up before I go any further, Michaela. That's an absolutely stunning pick. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> I absolutely adored Promising uh, Young Woman. I think it's a fucking oh. work of art of a movie. Um, mm-hmm. Anybody in the chat that hasn't made a note of it, fucking watch it. Um, <laughs> so, how am I following a movie about rape? The Serbian movie. Oh, rape? Oh, my God, <laughs> I'm not saying a Serbian film, but mm-hmm. I am picking the villain from a film that imagery-wise comes very, very close to the savagery of Serbian film. It is possibly the cruelest film I have ever watched because of how it's filmed. Um, the character is a character called Letiana, um, we, who is the main villain in 2002's Irreversible. Oh. Ah, okay. one, I remember this one, yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. For anybody that hasn't seen Irreversible, it's an experimental movie. Um about yeah, a young a girl one. that gets raped, yeah. um, but the entire thing is filmed in reverse. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie starts out with two unknown characters um, getting dragged into an ambulance, 
and all of this kind of stuff and you have no idea what happens and it works its way backwards from that point in the next couple of scenes you find out that these two guys had hunted this guy down for whatever reason and stabbed his head in with a fire extinguisher before but they had obviously got beaten the fuck in the process and then it works back a few hours and back a few hours and back a few hours and the two pivotal scenes in it um obviously i mentioned before that it is a movie about rape the rape scene in this film is one of the most uncomfortable things i ever watched it truly makes you despise that person after you you spend a lot of time not sympathizing for him but because there's a little bit of you don't know what's going on and why this guy got killed and what have you it's almost like you're um mm-hmm. maybe wondering whether it was justified or something like that and then you see yeah. this scene and it absolutely rips your heart out and, and then there's more to come after that yeah. that just cements him as the worst person on film i think um of the out of the five that i've picked this is probably the biggest villain for me absolutely disgraceful character but that's what makes a, a villain a villain yeah it's one of sorry, sorry. is mm-hmm. this one can we can we spoil a film that's um, nearly 20 odd years old no <laughs> we, we we all go for the spoilers don't worry <laughs> okay it's just that yeah. i think at the end too it's not him is it it's not the villain who gets attacked he they just think it's this person isn't it no, the okay, so yeah, it's 20 years old because it's working its way backwards. Obviously, she gets raped, and then there's the life before that was a little bit good, and it's just friends socializing. And at the very end of the film, which is the beginning of the timeline, you find out that she's pregnant. So, yes, all of that, all of the all of the ordeal that you've just watched, the final she, thing is she's she pregnant, it. and there's a quote at the end of it is on the screen time destroys itself or something like that i'll have to google that one there was a a lot of films around about the same time that came out like especially from the frenchman because that wasn't this the same time that martyrs came out as well and stuff like that or around about this like not too long martyrs is a little bit later yeah Um, but don't quote me on that too late never mind (laughs) no just because i know because like i'm not one of these people that like i'm i'm a proper soft child when it comes to like gore and like horror and like stuff like that but my wife for some reason, loves it. I don't know why. It's a bit <laughs> mental. Um, I, I, it, it's it's one. I, I, I've seen the film. I can't remember too much about it. I never enjoyed it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's it's not something where I think I watched it once and I thought never again. Uh, like kind of experience. But I can understand why like people would like hate these people or hate like the villain in it. But it's just again, it's probably down to a taste or like what um what people can like stomach but it's it, i can understand why it's on your list it just wouldn't again i probably went for the family friendly version so. yeah mate, don't get me wrong i haven't watched this film multiple yeah. times i think i've oh, seen no, it yeah. twice you know yeah, <laughs> yeah i think it's admirable for the subject matter that it's a film that you don't want to watch again yeah, yeah. yeah. and it stands I... up to, yeah i've seen it twice and the second time i just i, I couldn't watch that scene so i just don't know <laughs> And I watch, but you have to watch it. I think anyway. Mm. That's just my opinion. Um, as an art piece, as something mm. that is is yeah. how it's how it's filmed, the acting mm. in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got it looks beautiful, like mm-hmm. the tone of it. And I am sure at the end that at the beginning, 
it's somebody else to kill because they get the wrong the they think it's this person because he smashes the guy's head in and then I'm sure he walks out the club or he walks out where he's coming from and it's actually they've so got nice. the wrong person this whole time. I'm sure even that's like the kicker of it all <laughs> that it's not even that that person he doesn't actually get his his comeuppance. I could yeah. be totally wrong. I, I can't remember the last time I saw that film it was mm-hmm. years ago. But um, yeah, when you watch the watch the ending of it too, it ends just beautifully. Like I could watch Monica Bellucci mm-hmm. every single minute. I could just look at her because yeah. she's so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it ends and it's you're like, oh, that was happy, and then you're like, oh no, I've just watched all this. <laughs> I forgot about all that bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she is one of the most like beautiful actors. That she hasn't done as much as probably work as you were expecting. I think she was expecting to blow up after the Matrix. Was it the Matrix Two Reloaded that she was in? Mm-hmm. So I think the, yeah. that that was supposed to be going to be like like her big break, but she never quite got like kind of like the stardom that she probably deserved. I think. I think well, Hollywood maybe, but in mm-hmm. French and Italian cinema, she's mm-hmm. quite a known name. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I think yeah, it's, it's always like I say a different outtake because. I don't actually. I'm not well versed in, like, say, foreign cinema and stuff to the to say, like, to be an expert. If that makes sense, I've watched some stuff, but yeah, like, say, I can. I think it deserves to be on the list just because of how uncomfortable and how, like, say, it makes you feel. That, that, I think as a film as a whole, it's like one of the, the hardest revenge films that you can watch out there. Um, like, I, I remember watching, like, say, was it The Hills of Eyes and. The remake version, oh my God, and, 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 and actually, yeah. after one scene, I was like, "That film will never be watched again." But um, yeah, I felt the same if, when I watched Sex Bit on Your Grave. Mm-hmm. Definitely, right? So, Ooh, Sam, good <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God, right? Um, yes. I'm gonna go with this one because it's kind of following in the for. He's a sadistic motherfucker. He really is, um, and I've swapped him. Out, I've swapped him a few times because one, I can't pronounce his name, and then I was like, I'm not going to go with the one I was originally going with. I'll cast that as an honourable mention. Um, <laughs> I had he was the one I when I, when I was thinking of villains, the first one that came into my head was this guy because he is just so fucking evil. It's Ralph Fiennes in Schindler's List, and I'm going to mm. apologise in advance. His name is Amon Goth. Mm-hmm. I really hope I've said that right. And I apologise profusely if I have not. We'll just but... call him the Nazi. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call him the Nazi. Yes, he's absolutely... The, the, the Nazi cunt, shall we say. He is, God, he, is, he, is the, he is the fucking worst. Like, the worst. You, you have a moment in that film where, you know how we talk about complex villains? Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see where... Where they like see a Marvel villain, for example, you can kind of see what why they're doing it for. They have a purpose, they have a reason. You might not agree with it, but they have something. He had nothing, absolutely nothing. But there was one moment where I was like, "Oh, hang on!" And it was when he's in bed with his Jewish um, bit on the side, mm-hmm. and you think, "Oh, hang on, he might there's something there's something here," and it's not. He's mm-hmm. not. He's just absolutely pure evil yeah and a real person because every time i google him the actual person keeps coming up <laughs> and now your search injuries it's getting investigated oh, <laughs> after the day i wouldn't be surprised yeah. um 
but he everything from the film is exactly how his life played out. He worked in a concentration camp and he was the worst of the worst. He just had no regard for anyone's humanity that did not fit what he mm-hmm. was, you know, what he believed in. And, and he was he was executed at the concentration camp. Like I've watched a lot of films and like I said, been entertained, but not entertained. I got actually angry watching this movie. I, I felt myself building, building up, getting more and more angry at, like say, the character. And that mm-hmm. kind of how good like Ralph Fiennes was in that, because he's done some different movies like since then. Uh, but like I actually wanted, like, you know, when you want someone to get hurt or to, yeah. like, killed in a movie, you were like waiting for that to happen. But the, yep. the bit where, like, say that that always stands out is the sniper sniper scene when he's sitting yep. on and thing just with the sniper rifle, just looking around and saying, oh, "I'll shoot this one, I'll shoot that but one." But he's, he's in like casual wear, like yep. he's chilling out and he's got like a cup of tea next to him. Like mm-hmm. it's nothing to him that mm-hmm. he's doing what he's doing. It's just it's sick. It's mm-hmm. disgusting, but it doesn't make a good movie villain. <laughs> like 100%. he does the. He, fucking does the job in that one because it is it's just vital. I think I think the the scene for me is the one where the woman because the 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 thought that were working the thought that were there to build yeah. something and there's a woman who's like this will this won't work and like you can't do this and she's a shooter I'm like I don't, I don't care just shoot her and it's just like there's not there's no empathy there's no nothing yeah. there's just what is that thing just get rid of her uh-huh. and I think with with things about Nazi um, um, history and that they did a, a TV show. I didn't watch it, so I can't comment if it was good or bad. And it was about Nazi hunting, mm-hmm. and they had these scenes in it where they made. I think I watched the first episode. And I just couldn't. I just wasn't wasn't for me. And there's a scene where they have all these people as a chess set, mm-hmm. and yeah. it was. It's like this fictional scene, and it's like it was bad enough. We don't have to make up that they were worse. They were worse. Mm-hmm. They were these people. And I think that's what um, Refine does really well. It's like it, what we're saying about hammy performances. You can't yeah. ham that up. That's what they were like. It's yeah. not a cartoon character of a Nazi, which I think a lot of people, oh, we'll make it this, this and this. And yeah. we'll make it worse, but no, it was re- it was bad. We just could yeah. we can just show that it was really bad. Like, it was bad enough to add, start with. We don't need really to add a theatrics to it. But if you add, like as you said, Hammy acting, like you see, if you go from like Rhea Fiennes doing this portrayal in Schindler's List to like and, Sarah Snape, that's no, not no, Sarah Snape. What's his name? Uh, Voldemort. Uh, Voldemort. <laughs> Voldemort. Voldemort. <laughs> take away Voldemort. The best performance, like Hammy acting in Bruges, where he's that uh, Cockney guy who's like he's. Uh, Sent um, what's he called? Colin Farrell to Bruges because he killed a kid to to die, so he can have a fairy tale like memory. And he plays this Cockney gangster, and he's got the most like ridiculous voice and go on. I, I don't know. Everyone's not looking at it. Have you seen him, Bruges? No, I've not I seen it. Oh, it's hilarious! <laughs> Colin Farrell karate chops a midget. <laughs> Cause, wow! Because the, the midget's talking about having a race war against whites and blacks. <laughs> but it's honestly one of the weirdest but most hilarious and darkest film but Rear Finds is absolutely brilliant in it uh, I would recommend watching it it's, I think it's normally on Netflix but it's coming it's, off Netflix this month I've just uh, you know but de- definitely one to watch like if you like because the act if you like one that's just a simple storytelling but done because I think thingy Gleason's in Dominic was it what's his name Gleason Dominic um, Gleason he's in it is and it's... he's one who plays Matt. Brendan. Yeah. Um, Brendan Gleason, is it? Yeah. Is his son Dominic? 
but he's absolutely brilliant in it. Like just the conversation. It's a film about conversations. And um yeah. it's just like some of the conversations, like Colin Farrell's dealing with he's a hitman that accidentally killed a kid and he's coming to terms and dealing with that. Oh. But it's just I'll have to not give it a watch for a couple of I can watch it anywhere. <laughs> I have heard the new, the new film that they've just done together, and I think with the same um, same director, brilliant. Oh, all right. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> it just came so, out. Yes. Ralph Fiennes is just he does he does bad guys really well, but this was this was another <laughs> level of well. Yeah, it was on. So he was on my list up until five minutes before we went on air for a different <laughs> I, 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 Honestly, I was he's the one I really struck. I didn't want to get his name wrong. So I was mm. like, I'll just I'll swap it out for something else. And then while we've been talking, I'm like, no, I'm gonna do it because I really want to talk about him. Like he was when I was thinking of my list, he was one of the first names on there. Um mm. and it's just he makes me blood just thinking about him makes me blood fucking boil. Mm-hmm. Like he really does take the real factor out of it, mm-hmm. and his performance was just oh, mm. so good. Definitely. So I'll tr- <laughs> I'll try and follow them once. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty dark dark corner. <laughs> right. Um. I'll I'll bring up a little light. Like I say, I'm not the biggest fan of the movie. I'll say. Um. There's a lot of questionable accents in this movie throughout, and storytelling isn't great, but. It had the best bad guy uh, in it and one of the best lines in any movie that I loved and still laugh at today when um, the main protagonist threatens to kill someone with a fucking spoon. And they go, why a spoon? Because it'll hurt more, you idiots. Wow. Alan Rickman as the um, the sheriff of Nottingham in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Now, oh, as I said, I'm I'm not a huge fan of this movie because oh, I fucking love this film. <laughs> this is one of this is Carolyn's favorite all time movie, and I will I will say oh, that is no, it's a good choice, really good choice. <laughs> I'm really pleased you picked him. <laughs> yes, I think Alan Rickman deserves to be on any list when it comes to villains, and he's probably I don't know if anyone's going to be picking other characters. But, no, I came uh, close, but no. Yeah, because it was a toss-up between uh, this and, um, like, like I say, his character from uh, from Die Hard. Hans Gruber. His name. Yeah, Hans Gruber, yeah, who did, it, did well in, me, the, in the ball. That's my predictable list. Yeah. So, like, I didn't want to go down that route. Oh, what yeah. a good choice. But just, like, how, like, as, as Michaela said earlier, how someone eats the scenery and just laps up every single second he's in, um, from like a horrific scene at the end when he's trying to uh, rape me and Marion and consummate the marriage, and the facial expressions he's pulling, and <laughs> like the whole, like even like his, um, it, like, his mother-in-law, mother that was the witch, was like pulling faces at them as as he's try- like pulled like clawing at clothing and stuff, and Aww. um. Just the whole elements. I know, as I said, Kevin Costner. Like, I love Kevin Costner, but he should not have been Robin Hood. <laughs> no, well, the plan was with with that film was he was going to do an English accent. They were mm. going to go oh, authentic, God, thank God. but <laughs> because it sounded horrific, they were like, "Can you just do your accent? We're just going to have to go down that road because you cannot." put that on and that's half the reason why christian slater really mm. ramps up his accent is to make mm. his not look as bad yes 
because everyone else is an English actor actor mm-hmm. or actress apart from them two and they really overdo their accents just to make sure that no one's really focusing on Kevin Costner being a young <laughs> but like say Morgan Freeman as well like say he's absolutely brilliant in this like say yeah. like in, in the, oh the, yeah he what, was, what, what, he's, American. <laughs> what he was given <laughs> but um like going from I think I always laugh because to get, get um uh, when they come and show it's Hadrian's wall they're meant to be on that's like say what, what they're walking along and then five minutes later they've managed to walk to Nottingham <laughs> so it's like, yeah on. yeah <laughs> there's some questionable choices in that but again it's movie magic you just yeah. you just don't ask you don't yeah. ask on that film there was a um holiday we went on when we were kids mm-hmm. I think it was our first time we'd gone abroad and we went to France for two weeks and mm-hmm. the first week we stayed in it we can remember key camp mm-hmm well, you had the tents and it was like, it was like glamping. Um, we did, we did that in one place. <laughs> 90s glamping. And we did that in one place. And this, this place had a chateau that had a kid's room. And the only thing that they had in this kid's room was a video player, a TV and a copy of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And every night we watched that about twice a night for a week. And it had the song that just would never end as well. <laughs> still to this day <laughs> yeah but um i like to say the little nuances the little, the little things that alan rickman did in this role was just absolutely like when you watch it back now you appreciate more and more like when he was getting the statue made and like say he had a, like his first like a fight with robin and he ended up getting a scar on his cheek and someone drew this the scar on <laughs> his statue and you can see him getting really angry by it so he's like licking it trying to rub the rub the drawing off and it's just like them little things that make like a, a villain so good because you're not watching the movie because of Robin Hood anymore. You're watching it because of Alan Rickman. And how fit he is in that film. I'm sorry, but he is fit in that film. <laughs> he looks fantastic in black. Yes. And his long hair. <laughs> sorry. And his long hair, he looks amazing. And to be fair, though, he could have been in the top five as well for his performance in Love Actually because he was a bell end in Love Actually. He was Actually, an absolute dickhead in that. <laughs> Lee's made a really funny comment. Paul's picks are very tame. Like, oh, I choose this rapist, or oh, I choose this Nazi. Pink bear bad. <laughs> it's, it's the worst. It's coming to fuck you I up. Look at him. Movie comments, Lee. <laughs> but Alan Rickman's such a good choice. Mm-hmm. Such a such a brave film to pick. I'm, I'm looking at Goodwill's comment now. He was uh, sending his secondary school. This is Middlesbrough, but higher. He was taking a, uh, to see Prince of. Uh, as a a history lesson (laughs) that's Middlesbrough for you (laughs) oh my god yes sorry Um, so yes so I think I brought the tone a little bit back so let's let's... two had some very interesting picks I put this up. I hate this film, mm-hmm. and Sam will get it pretty quick. I watched it with Sam. I can't remember when, but not that long ago. Not, I screamed all the way through it. It's not cast, I hated is it? it so much. No, <laughs> the she is the protagonist in it. Oh God, I know who you're gonna. I know exactly <laughs> what it is. Is the villain in it? But I think she's absolutely evil, and I hate her. I know who and it is. 
Andy Sachs in The Devil Wears Prada, who was yes. the Anne Hathaway character. And yeah. <laughs> the minute, there was only two films you've ever screamed and I mean screamed at at my house one of them was The Devil's Wear Product because I made you watch it horrible um, film and <laughs> Cats when we saw, and it was this, it was the, when you stayed at mine for two weeks in oh, yeah, 2020 yeah. and we watched Cats and oh my god it was horrendous <laughs> so <laughs> I really dislike this film I hate the tropes in it I I get like because I, I know now and like TikTok loads of people are like doing the the big um scarf scene and that and it's it's fab that people are doing that but she's horrible in it now i have one of them you know them completely irrational i hate this actress thing where you have no idea why you don't know that person and Mm -hmm. one of them is Anne Hathaway. i truly truly have a dislike for her even though she's stunning talented i just don't like her it's when we watched Le Mis, we we watched it at my house, um, yeah, like when it first came, and we were so looking forward to it. And mm-hmm. the minute she came on screen, we were totally like, "Oh, but no!" <laughs> she, gives this, um, tr- she gives this try-hard energy, and I get yeah. it in this film too. And I just think well, how she treats her boyfriend, and a lot of people think the boyfriend's the villain. How she <laughs> treats Emily Blunt's character when she's like, "I don't care about fashion," but you just stole her job. That was her dream job. You stole her trip to Paris. And you she stole a job. All she cared about was herself. Um, she didn't think it was important, this industry that is worth billions and billions and billions. Mm -hmm. Just because you don't like fashion, even though you're dying to be in it. She treats on a boyfriend, doesn't she? With a little man. Like horrible. She's a horrible character in it. And people are just like, oh, she's lovely. She's not. She's a true villain of that film, and I hate that film. So just a quick question as well, because it is pretty much the same film. What did you prefer, The Devil Wear Prada or Coella? I didn't really like Coella either, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I like the costumes more in Coella. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't like how... I, I, why do we get... The whole thing is why Coella de Vil is despicable is that she kills animals for fashion and yeah. then they took that away from it because we can't have kind of Ember Stone being... It, um, being him. It would have been a very different movie if she actually went bringing the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> very you never... different movie. That's a sequel, yeah. I think. So Quella when Quella starts fucking things up. And about, <laughs> I'm gonna talk more about um complicated women characters and another pick. But she's mm. just there's nothing. She's a vapid, horrible person, and I she just is. I just dislike her. And it probably could have been anyone, to be fair. But having mm. Anne Hathaway in that time period too. I just, mm-hmm. I just, there's something about her. I don't know why I have this rational enemy mm-hmm. hatred of her. Cause, <laughs> but like, she might be in like that Death Becomes Her when they remake it. And I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> Even though she, she's a great actress, she's beautiful. I just mm-hmm. have this thing. And I'm sure a lot of people do and don't admit it. But <laughs> no. no, no, there's definitely actors and actors that you just don't vibe with or you don't get. Um, she is like, one of them. Yeah. Well, one of mine and Sam's is um, Tom Hardy, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <For God's> 
<laughs> I'm not going down. Michaela, the last time I went down the I don't like Tom Hardy route, I got dragged well, by drag my dragged by, by YouTube comments for <laughs> fucking ages. I made one comment about and then and then I just went all out when we did uh we did a watch of one of the Venom trailers. Um yeah, Anne Hathaway is the worst in that film and I bitterly regret wanting to watch it. <laughs> Hamming it up, I did ham that up when when um, watching it. It was it was a Sunday morning. I had nothing else better to do, and I was like, "Oh, I'll stick this on." And then she comes booling in the living room, and it's oh, she made it so bad to watch. I like I, I, I quite enjoyed Devil Wear Prada. I don't mind it. Oh, yeah, I understand it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it wasn't one of the worst films I've seen. Um, it was definitely well. I've seen worse for them, so that's put well, it that I've seen way. worse, but, <laughs> but, but I've but, that, that hatred of somebody. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. but, when, but when you view Anne Hathaway's character, the way that Michaela so eloquently did, <laughs> um, she is an awful person. She mm-hmm. Everything was for her own gain. But that's the thing. You know, it's movie magic, though. You're not meant to see that aspect. <laughs> it's, it's, it's no, movie, magic is we, movie magic is we don't ask questions. Uh, <laughs> if you're a narrative towards it, but I don't know. Uh, what about Grant? Have you seen Devil Wears Prada? Wearing that dressing gown? I'm, I was I'm, just I'm, about to say the same thing. <laughs> you're missing a treat, mate. <laughs> <laughs> So um, let's let's go let's go to the dark pits of despair now. So Grant, yeah. <laughs> oh, light-hearted, eh? <laughs> Fuck. Um... I'm going to get Sammy okay. hot and bothered talking about there. Uh, was it uh, the, the human centipede again? Human centipede. <laughs> I'm never going to live that down. I, I could go down that uh, route, but the Doctor's more of a hero to me than a villain, if I'm honest. So, um... <laughs> no, okay. So Only I'll go... you, Grant. <laughs> I'll go a little bit more mainstream Hollywood with my next one because I've been right kind of uh, out on a limb with my last one with foreign films and that kind of stuff. Um, it's a villain from probably my, my favourite horror sci-fi film of all time. And given how big of an alien fan I am, it has to be a special movie to top that. Um, would be Samuel's character, William Weir from Event Horizon. Ah, right. Event Horizon. Um, I absolutely adore Event Horizon, but there's only um, one bit I can really remember, and it's the the the, the scene with the, the inside out skin, where the kid yeah. go, where the so kid goes into the, 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 the yep, yep 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 oh no um yeah I know which bit you mean yeah um I mean this film's got a lot for horror. Um, I read into this one just a little bit on the way home because I know this film Inside Out and Upside Down, so I wanted some crazy facts. Um, a lot of people are aware of the fact that there's a 130 minute take of it out there somewhere, but it's sitting in a film canister in a warehouse unmarked. Nobody can find it. And at release, it got edited down really quickly and really badly because the studio were working on the editing for Titanic at the same time and they had to divert all of the resources away from Event Horizon and even with all of that post-production problem you still got an absolutely stunning sci-fi horror film it's basically Hellraiser in space Mm -hmm. and the way Sam Neill's character turns in it Mm -hmm. I think is absolutely beautiful you know he's a bit kind of not vulnerable at the beginning he's a little bit of an arse he's a little bit matter of fact but you certainly wouldn't have him pegged for um, like an interdimensional 
sex beast. Um, <laughs> which is oh, that's such a way of describing up. it. Well, I mean, that's what he is at the end it's of the true. day. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you see the vulnerability with him, the, the wife committing suicide and what have you, and think that it's going to go one way. And then it, it takes quite a sharp left turn and establishes him in the, as a villain that is in head with charisma but mm-hmm. done the right way mm-hmm. because obviously they tried charisma with Pinhead and some of the later Hellraiser films like that awful one with the internet and oh, I wanted to pull my fucking eyeballs out after watching mm-hmm. that. Um, but I think Sam Neill gets it right for a, like a demonic mm-hmm. character that's got just a bit of... It plays it very... Pizzazz. It plays yeah. it down as well, though. It's, it's very... like like I know he's got his charisma, but it's, it's, it's very underplayed at times. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, we you don't need eyes to see, you know, it's a <laughs> bit more than the, the kind of low, di- like demonic thing that you would get out of a similar movie that would have that kind of imagery, like Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't get uh, the the accents in on the dialogue, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think the dialogue more than the imagery is what I adore about that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it is one I remember watching for the first time and being. Oh, just blown away. Like, I'd never seen a film like that before. Um, I generally don't know if I'd had watched Aliens at that point or Alien or I, I don't think that I had. Um, so that was, like, my first experience of, like, sci-fi horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was I, it was just breathtaking. But I have not been able to revisit it again because I do get generally freaked out by the <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. It is so a genuinely much. weird and wonderful movie at times. Um, there's aspects that will just you'll be sitting there going, Did, "What have I just watched?" Yeah. But the concept and the idea behind it is brilliant. That yeah. that's probably the best way I could describe it because it it doesn't get the fanfare it probably deserves, like compared to like the likes of Alien or like other sci-fi uh, like like movies as its time. But it's it's kind of like as you said, a cross between um, like say, what was it? What was that Stanley Kubrick movie? Um, 2001 Space Odyssey. Space Odyssey and Alien like, mixed in with all the different kind of visuals and aspects. But visually as well, it is a stunning movie that, yeah. um, that I think people just like latch on to like, the gore and the scary aspect. But it is a feast for the eyes. That's probably the best way I could describe it. Totally, totally agree. 100%, mate. Oh. So very good. So we're getting some very dark and interesting pieces now. So Sammy, yeah. you going to surprise us again? As she's, yeah, getting, up, as she's getting up Wikipedia. Getting up, <laughs> I've got them. I've got them all listed up the top. So this is another one who um, I can't pronounce the name of. So you're going to have mm-hmm. to bear with us. But it is from a film that I I adore, and I have I've only ever seen it once, and it's not because I didn't enjoy it. I fucking loved it. But because I don't think I will get the same experience I did from the first time viewing, so in my eyes, I don't that that that's good enough. For, like I'm done, I'm done mm-hmm. with it. And um, Michaela probably told me to watch this because it is a Coen Brothers film, um, and it is Javier Bard- Javier Bardem's character in No Country for Old Men. It's Anton Shigura. I don't know if I'm Sh- saying that right. Shigura? Shigura? It is one of the best pieces of movie art I have seen probably in the, like, since that that one and There Will Be Blood. 
both kind of had the same type of feelings, but um, the whole how how it's got no music in as well. It's the no music aspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That there's no there's no way to determine um, when something bad's going to happen. There's no way to tell you that this is an okay moment that you can actually breathe again because you cannot breathe throughout the whole thing. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You this man is so unpredictable that you have no idea what's going through his head and you don't have the music there to tell you how you should be feeling. I think like using a word that we used earlier for like say the Schindler's list, the no empathy aspect and the dead behind the eyes and yeah. um using the weapon he did as well. Oh like, good like, gosh. was such a clever aspect. Like like air pressure as a instead of that doesn't leave a trace, that doesn't leave any evidence. Yeah. It's just absolutely present. And the whole idea of um like I say being a simple story, but it's it's kind of like like I know I'm switching movie genres and stuff. There's a there was a movie called It Follows where like the beast continually <laughs> continue follows and continues coming after it. Yeah. it it's it's the same aspect. It's the fear that he's never going to stop or never going to stop coming after you. Yeah, I generally I have a lot of feelings on It Follows, but I do get what you mean. Um, the the unpredictability of the man the the, the literal dead, like there's nothing there. When he is talking to that guy in the um in, in the, the store, in the store, there is nothing behind them eyes. There is no the tone of his voice is so monotone because he just does not give a shit. Um, and the ending, yeah, when he's in sitting, sitting in the house and you you kind of like flips the coin, you don't know, like you don't happened. know. We don't know if he's dead or alive. Like, we don't know if this man is still on the rampage, but it is such a brilliant movie. It's that good. I forget Josh Brolin's in it. I forget oh, half the cast that's in it. Josh Brolin, but Josh Brolin, like his character, uh, Woody Harrison's in it as well. Yeah. Uh, I plays, like I say, quite a interesting thing. But it's just like the whole aspect where it's kind of like the hunt. But yeah, the whole tone that I, like it, it, it literally scares you. But I know, like as I said, with that one, like I say, it's just everything in it is just beautifully done. There's not a bad scene or a wasted scene. No. That's why I mentioned there's then there will be blood because, like, say, it's a totally different like story in films. But when you're watching it, you can't take your eyes off the screen. No, um, like just for the performances and for like the camera work and stuff, it's so cleverly done. And um, I. Th- I would recommend anyone to watch it. Oh, just, absolutely. Just simply I, think I think it's that um, good and evil, and you're like, mm-hmm. good will win. It'll always win, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you don't, but you don't know if it does or not. It's like Tommy Lee Jones, You are isn't saying it? that, but he does get up and walk away. You don't see him. Um... Another bit I was talking about was when he left the, the Josh Brolin's wife, because Josh Brolin got oh, killed by yes. Mexican gangsters, and he's sitting, sitting there, and she's walking in, coming from work. And she flips flips the coin whether she's going to live or die, and he walks out, and you don't know. Oh, and that's f- right. Yes. See, I, I I remember it's it came out in two thousand. It's based on a book which I didn't know about until today. And um, the book came out in two thousand and five. The film came out in two thousand and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think I watched it a year after it came out. So it was obviously on like mm-hmm. DVD release. Um, and that's the only time I've watched it. 
and mm-hmm. we all know how terrible my memory is, but this is one that 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 really did stay with us. I can't watch it again, and not for the fact it's not a brilliant movie. I just I will I won't get that fear back again. That unpredictability of where this film's going. It's just intense, intense, so intense, mm-hmm. but so yeah, good. You normally get that comedy with the Coen Brothers, the, the dark comedy. Yeah. And yeah. it's just not there. There's just nothing there. And you're waiting no. for it. You're kind of like waiting for a punchline of some sort. It's, and you're not going to get it. Yeah. It's the no music aspect for me because music for me dictates my mood through the film. Like it it helps me as a viewer to be able to know how I'm meant to be feeling in this moment. Mm-hmm. And when it's taken away from you, mm-hmm. you kind of like, oh shit, I've got, I'm going to have to go through this yeah. on my own. <laughs> but what, but yeah, what, what makes him a great pick? Yeah, but what makes him a great villain as well, he's not doing it because he likes it. He's not doing it because it's his choice. He's doing it because it's his job. Yeah. He's been hired to do a job and he's going to complete that job. And he's got that single-mindedness just to continue mm-hmm. and, and not stop. And that that's the element that makes the I always love about it. But yeah, I, I know when I was going through the picks, it was like up there, but I don't think I would have been able to talk about it as well as you did. So that's why I probably didn't go in my picks there. I mean, you did a good job there. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, that is, I can't, I have no idea what number of two, three. That's my third choice. Cool. So I'm bringing it back to the kiddies as well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so the, this was a, a child's movie. Um, one of the, I think I've talked about it before, it is literally one of the scariest movies that I've seen as a child and as a grown up. And uh, the reason why I've chosen her is because. She is, in this movie, one of the most beautiful, beautiful women I had ever seen as a child. And to see her transformation in this movie terrified the life out of me that had stuck with me for so many years. So I've chose Angelica Houston, the Grand High Witch in The Witches. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> yes. So going from saying this as a kid and thinking, oh, it's rolled all, it'll be fun, um, and literally having nightmares for months on end after seeing this, not just because of like uh, like the whole like killing kids aspect and uh, turning them into mice, the painting. The painting. And when she like puts a kid behind, like as like like on the painting, you see the painting change and the kid grow, and just when she walks in that hotel and she taps it and then the kid disappears. <laughs> uh, it was yes. absolutely horrifying that aspect that like in my mind because like say I was quite a like my imagination as a kid used to run wild with anything like say if I saw something I used to like think overthink things and it was literally just nightmare fuel and it, like, you watch it back now it's one of them films because I still don't know why they remade it no. because it because oh. it it's With the age. real villain of this show, Anne Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> there's I'm, a connection. But... I'm just going to be two minutes. I am absolutely busting for the toilet. I'm so sorry. I'm sitting God. in agony. I'll be two how, minutes. How, how unprofessional. I'm so unprofessional. <laughs> but yes, um, it's just, like I said, it, it, it hits everything that you want to do, but like, obviously the reason why it, it, like she stands out more is that transformation when you see her take the mask off and how, like, and her voice and everything changes and the whole mannerisms through the film, like interactions with, like, um, the guy who plays Luke, um, his grandma, when she's trying to get her 
like a knitting down and like say you can see her getting angry because um she kind of remembers her and stuff like that. But Angelica Houston is a, a, well still is an absolutely stunning woman, like an Amazonian woman. And you see her walk into the room and her presence and everything, it just like you can't help be impressed. Yeah. I think um, <laughs> with it too, um with actresses obviously their beauty is something that is Mm-hmm. you know shown mm-hmm. and not and, and people don't don't really want to get ugly in quotation marks and stuff mm-hmm. and she just fucking went there like yes. it was just there was no like oh maybe we'll do a little bit of this and maybe you don't have no 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 she has a hunchback and you see all the ribs and the nose and the no hair and like they're mm-hmm. just cool i don't know who did makeup for that film at mm-hmm. all but um yeah just like just just full on went out there and very um to the book if i remember Yes, the, 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 the illustrations yeah. of the book. So, yeah, the imagery from the special effects—it's—it's it's bordering on a horror film. It's absolutely <laughs> stunning what they do, and like really like visceral and kind of everything looks sticky. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's, it, go, it goes beyond looking back at it now. It's like, why the fuck were we showing kids this? this is <laughs> Are we still on the witches? Yes. yes. I'm really <laughs> <on>. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was absolutely busted. Don't worry. It's fine. You should have took your headset. You could have talked to us while you were there. <laughs> that would have been a bit weird. <laughs> 50 quid on OnlyFans, Sammy. I'll <laughs> but yes. Um, but like every element, like, I know, like, talking about like villains like a villainesses um she just oozed charisma like even when she walks in and you see her with like 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 the big long gloves to hide like all the like the, the, the wickedness in the hands but i think michaela needed nailed it in once she must have had fun but to go out there and say right because uh, angelica houston let's be honest was way too big to be in this movie because uh, this, like, say, was part funded by the BBC at, at the time. It could yeah, it's be wrong. British, isn't it? It's a yeah, weird it like, feel mm. when you're watching it. It doesn't have that. It has that TV movie look about it more mm. than more yeah. than a, in a big Hollywood film. Because mm. it didn't have that cross. Like, like a lot of the cast were British. Like, Rowan Atkinson was in uh, the last out of Little Voice, um, and uh, Ab Fab was in it as well. Um, but I, I can't a lot, remember. A lot of the witches were some of the like some quite. Well known for the time, English mm-hmm. actresses. Definitely. Like I don't think that there's a handful I could sit, go. Oh, I recognise her. I recognise her, but I could not tell you what they're out of. One of the martyrs. What's her name? Voices. Marlene. Marlene, Marlene in it. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> yes, she is. She's the one who tries to the tie snake. them down. Yes, that's yeah. mm. Marlene. <laughs> oh, yes. Because what was the whole premise that kids smelt bad and stuff like that? So they wanted to get rid of them, what? type thing. That's not, hmm. not true, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, so yes, I could not talk about the Grand High Witch like as as movie villains. It was one of the first ones that popped in my head. Like if I think about like things that I, I love and like just because she actually genuinely scared me as a child yeah. and still scares me a little bit today, but probably in all the wrong ways. But we're not going there. <laughs> <laughs> Leave Abby. <laughs> I yes. had a feeling that the Grand High Witch might have been on there just because I think it's part of your horror film list. Yeah, it was on like some top five scary films that wasn't a slasher. That's right, that's right. Mm. I had a funny one. Right, cool. we're on to pick number four. Mm. I love how I had to look at my list <laughs> to know what pick we're up to. Okay. So I picked this film because I used to love this film. And now I hate this film, 
mm-hmm. and I've had a quite a complex relationship with it. But love it or hate it, I've never ever liked the main protagonist in it, who is Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. Ooh. So, I I used to love this film because it looks gorgeous, has a lit soundtrack. You know, mm-hmm. the the it's punchy, it's a bit out there. Mm-hmm. And then when you really like think about it, and when I get older and turn into a big bridge and feminist killjoy, <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, oh no, this is not not good. And I, I I'll admit I haven't read all the book because I couldn't. I feel mm-hmm. like it's actually unreadable, especially with my dyslexic um, brain. Um, and I just think he is a despicable, disgusting character. And I know he's meant to be, but mm-hmm. I think when the... I'm really always surprised it's directed by a woman, mm-hmm. um, Mary Harron, who mm-hmm. um, the, she... I was... when Before we were coming here, they were, they were saying they were going to examine an unchecked male rage through a much-needed female gaze. And mm-hmm. I just don't get... I don't see that. I see Patrick Bateman as I think she was trying to direct it like he was a goof, he was a goon. You should be laughing at these people. But I think, especially like with Promising Young Woman, that 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 what's happening in the the world and the zeitgeist and all this stuff, mm-hmm. people look at Patrick Bateman like a hero. And I know not everybody, but there are people out there who look at him and think, "I want to be like that. I want to be that man." And this is ta- this is taking away more the the crazy. Mm-hmm. That violence of it, and just yeah. him as this this Wall Street man, and I got it's... it too with um, mm-hmm. Wolf of Wall Street. I yeah. didn't like that film because, and I know you're meant to, you're meant mm-hmm. to like, but I didn't see Leonardo DiCaprio as like, oh, this funny thing. I was like, that is a disgusting creature. Who, if I ever met in my time, mm-hmm. I would run up the, the opposite mm-hmm. direction. And I think Patrick Bateman's that kind of character where he's just disgusting, and it doesn't even matter that he like. <laughs> murdered all these people and if yeah. you read the book it's even it's even worse how he describes um, it and yeah. and also the the writer of the book too has come out with some really horrible stuff and mm-hmm. he's just got horrible mis- misogynistic and racist views on people and mm-hmm. you can read you can see it very clearly in the book and in the film and now i can't i can watch it don't get us wrong but i'll have a different mindset of when i used to watch it i was it's like go on no, I was going to say that you love this. You, you well, I used, used to, love, to love this film. Um, I actually have never seen it. It's. It, I would. I, I would highly <laughs> recommend to watch it, but yeah. I have a different viewpoint of it now than I did when I first watched it. But I think that's that's always like say we <clears throat> like when movies age and stuff. Like people take different aspects or different viewpoints as well. Like say I can't. I would never have the same viewpoint as you because you are female and I am male. Even though we do share the same like views on a lot of different aspects, I think it's very much of the time. Like say it was for a time that misogyny and women were treated very badly, and and it is scary. That, and I agree with you that a lot of people do hero worship. Patrick Bain when it should never have been the case. It's the same now when we get like when we talked about the serial killer podcast as well. A lot of people yeah. hero worship and and like kind of adore serial killers now to the point where they're becoming more famous than or than infamy, if that makes sense, if that was the right word. Mm-hmm. Um but they're becoming famous within pop culture. Yeah. And that's and, wrong. Yeah. So wrong. <laughs> as I, as I, saw, I was I think I shared the other day, uh, there was actually um like a custom pop maker company on Facebook selling Jeffrey Dahmer pops. 
Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey mm. Dahmer, the killer. But then, a little tiny, little tiny plastic Funko <laughs> Pop. But then they changed around saying they weren't doing a Jeffrey Dahmer, they were doing uh, like his character. What, what the guy, uh, I can't remember his name Evans now. Pe- Evans Ever- Peters. Ever- but yeah, it still has. But, it, but it, it said, but that's that's beyond the point. Like, say, it's, it's different uh, things. But this movie, I, I, as I said, visually, it is one of the more stunning but disturbing at the same time. I know, Grant, you're a fan of the book. Well, I don't know if you're a fan, but I know you've read the book. And like I say, we've, I think we've talked about it before. Um, it, I've read the book as well. And again, it's, it is a hard read and uh, the book takes it to the levels. I, I think I'm, I'm quite glad the movie didn't take it. Uh, I don't yes, think the, I don't, I don't, I don't think the film would have probably got made. It probably would have been like almost like a snuff mill film at times. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would love to know what Grant thinks about this one. I mean, both the film and <clears throat> the book are yeah. two of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I've we're talking obviously here about imagery and not oh. hero worshiping Patrick mm-hmm. Bateman, but from the point of view of like looking at the storytelling elements, both from casting and whatever, I I adore Patrick mm-hmm. Bateman as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, it only really touches in the film um, a tiny little bit as to how obsessive Bateman is. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you've read it, and Michaela's attempted, and if you're dyslexic, Michaela, then fucking well done for even trying because at least. <laughs> Ellis's writing style is yeah. it's a fucking ordeal. The man does not understand the difference between a sentence and a chapter. Yeah. <laughs> You're literally berated by it the entire time. Um it quite it was I found it a little bit not odd, uh, that's not the right word, but what you mentioned there about uh, the director and seeing it through a female eye. Um mm-hmm. I do kind of see that in the sense that Bateman has a patheticness to mm-hmm. him in the movie, um, which I suppose if you look at the storytelling, it's kind of his breakdown and all of that kind of thing. But when you think about how he's a yuppie and he's so self-obsessed and he's so concerned with his own image, the mere fact that he starts to show emotion and starts to break is beyond any level of nightmare that Patrick Bateman could ever think about happening so being so blatant with the crying and the crazy bits when he's starting to break down towards at the end I think is what Mm -hmm. they were getting at with the 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 female eye on him maybe a male director might have gone a little bit more along the lines of how Easton Ellis had written him where even in his breakdown there's a strength and a savagery as opposed to a sadness and a panic Mm -hmm. in him um I think it's an amazing pick um because the way that Christian Bale plays him mm-hmm. is kind of, I think, why he gets the hero worship is because there is a, there's such a charismatic element about him and such an almost likable element about him that it's difficult to then pull away when he starts to do all of the disgraceful, horrible things. You're, you're dragged into his character and his mm-hmm. charisma, and that's what fucking yuppies were. You know yeah. what I mean? They were all mouth and no bloody substance, all image and no actual you know, follow through. Um, yeah. Only th- yeah. Yeah. No, the only thing, like saying that, that again with the movie, I always found a bit, um, like I couldn't get my head around as well, was the fact that Bateman was meant to be the, like not, like, not the charismatic one. He was meant to be the one that was always second best or anything like that. Then Paul Allen, Jared Leto's character, he was supposed to be the charismatic, the, the superstar. 
but he always felt flat when he was compared to Bateman. Bateman might have been just because of the stuff we found out about Bateman or seeing more of him, always was the more interesting one of the two. And that's why I see that that kind of jealousy and rage almost felt like not forced, but didn't quite work as well. But as a film, like I went back and watched uh, American Psycho a few times because you always try and work out, is it in his head? Is it, um, was it his lawyer uh, kind of covering it all up and stuff? It like left like them type of questions um, like in the movie side of things. Um, that was all of the kind of things I did enjoy. And But yeah, I, I can see like a lot of people being upset about the movie as well, but I, I, I always like to have the discussion. I think it always brings like interesting points. There's no right or wrong answers when it comes to like opinions or viewpoints it's just as i said you can get a lot from this movie and some some of it's good some of it's very bad as well yeah i think i think that some scenes really do work as that kind of satirical view mm. on this world and that like the the card scene still a really good scene where they're mm-hmm. like oh it's born me and steven always do it all the time when we're picking a color we're like this is born mm-hmm. <laughs> and like it, it's because it's so stupid like mm-hmm. who cares? Like it's a business card, and they're and then, all exactly the same. There's yeah. no difference in them at all. And then, I've seen that scene before. Yeah, and then he's like, he's so like annoyed that he didn't think of that color when it's and like it's, it's all about the font. Great, <laughs> and and Christian Bale plays him amazingly well. But mm-hmm. if I met him in a club, I would want to rip me on skin off. <laughs> Not him but, doing it to me. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a different, like, I think it's a different time compared to like where it was. Cause like the eighties was all about excess. And like, as, as we found out, women weren't trapped the best during the time. Like I say, a lot of them were like, say objects uh, for a lot of the aspects as well. But uh, someone just mentioned the ch- chat as well. That I didn't know that Bill was actually advised against the rule. He was told it would be his career suicide. But it kind of like say it looks like it was his opposite because after he did that, I know he's always been around, but it kind of like shot him up to other type of rules, I'm roles sure and stuff. At the time, his father was married to Gloria Steinman, who's like a big mm. massive feminist icon woman, um, mm. and it was the only man he ever married. She ever married, I think. But um, yeah, so she he had, he had like the nineteen seventy feminist like powerhouses behind them, being like, "Don't do it," and mm. then. Obviously, it did it and changed his career. Well, but... it did it. It catapulted him into pop culture and and the film roles that he went on to do after that. Because for mm-hmm. me, I, I think Christian Bale is a tremendous, tremendous actor. Um, I just, I, I've never been able to sit through American, American Psycho ever. I just can't sit through it. Mm. Is it just because he's like pausing good? Good... <laughs> <laughs> it might be Jared Leto's face, or I'm just like, can't be sorry. He's not, in it. He's not in it that long, and he gets whacked out to Huey, uh, Huey Lewis in the news, so it's not, always not too bad. But yes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate Jared Leto. <laughs> oh, can we do I Hate Jared Leto podcast? Because I'm on that one. Speaking of cult leaders. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on sideways to Grant. <laughs> okay, so my next villain, uh, I'm going to fucking really upset a lot of purist <laughs> fans here because um you've essentially got the same character in two different films here um you've got the character in the original and you've got the character in the american remake um i can already hear them see that i can hear the caps locks going on at the end of the day these two films are a different journey to exactly the same destination and i think the american remake gets 
a lot of flack where it doesn't need to because mm -hmm. the original is such a work of art. Um, the character in the original is called Lee Wu Jin, um, or in the American remake, it's Adrian Doyle Price, uh, both from the movie Old Boy. Right, yes. Um, that's, uh, that's an uncomfortable movie. <laughs> indeed, I'm all about the uncomfortable movies today. Um, yeah. of not quite as uncomfortable as Irreversible, I think. It's, no. With Old Boy, maybe, okay, the original still got some scenes, maybe the... The remake mm -hmm. takes away some of the uh, the gratuity from the second act, if you know what I mean. You know, eating live squids and that kind of mm -hmm. uh, carry on are quite as embellished. Yeah. Um, but in both cases, I'm maybe thinking about it. Do you even really regard this character as a villain, um, considering it's a, a revenge story? Is the revenge justified? Is it no. excessive? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the, these are the films the kinds of films that make you ask those questions yeah. I think um, you know there's obviously no kind of uh, <laughs> not feeling sorry for the main protagonist uh, mm -hmm. within it and you've got an antagonist that has obviously taken their revenge to the extreme but sorry I'm digressing a little bit here I adore the original revenge mm -hmm. trilogy uh, from Korea um, with um, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and Lady Vengeance in there as well it's I think this the reveal on this character as this is the villain is to me what makes it a great villain. It's less about the depictions, although uh, Charlotte O'Copley, I think, does an amazing job in the American remake. But okay. you you get the villain dropped on you in the final act where there's been a complete mystery up until that point. And then our twist is one of the most vicious twists in cinema history. Mm -hmm. no, I've not seen it. You don't. I can't. Actually, it's one of them ones where I, I agree we shouldn't really spoil on this, even though there's oh. been been out for a long, long time. You can tell us afterwards then. No, no, it you need. If you, you watch it. I think everyone should watch Old oh Boy. I personally just was not a fan. Just not my type of movie. And when the, when you find out the villain, I'm like, is that fucking it? Is that it? Is that it? <laughs> Yeah. Is that why you're mad? Go to therapy. Is <laughs> that why you're mad? <laughs> I, but the thing is, though, with this film, the villain isn't the. Tw it's a twist, but it's not the main twist. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. Oh no! So I'm waiting for a twist. It's an IT crowd all over again. <laughs> all over again. I'm waiting for the twist. Sammy Old Boy is one of those movies that it, you can't. It's got no rewatch value because right. the, the yeah. storytelling in it, um, mm -hmm. the, the cinematography in the original as well. Um, the, the, oh, there's good. a, a yeah. one-shot fight sequence in it that is one of the most brilliant shot fight sequences I've ever seen. But mm -hmm. once the story's over, the the magic is gone because it grabs you by the throat. Right. And when it does, I'm you surprised with your husband you that you've never Not seen it. Mm. Sorry, I'm surprised with your husband. You've never seen it. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> and Anthony's in, Anthony loves Asian cinema, um, Asian cinema anime, anything basically anything to do with. I don't know how to put it really, <laughs> but yeah, Eastern. That's it. Yeah, he absolutely adores it. Um, I do know that he has seen it. It's just never been, never, never just fell on my radar at all, at all. Mm -hmm. 
there's no other excuse. Like I just, I just never got round to whatever watching it. Took mm-hmm. us years to watch bloody uh, the Grudge, the Japanese version of the Grudge, and I had that on DVD for nearly ten years. <laughs> I would definitely like say it's one of them things because you can you can watch the like say the the, the original and the, the the remake separately. You do get. Even though it's the same story, it's different vibes from each one. I'm with Grant. I do like the American version. I know it got shit on because the the Asian one is one of the best. Like I say, again, I think best is a hard word to say. It's one of the more interesting movies I've seen in a long time. And, and it's hard to replicate what you did there. But the American version does it, it its own job and tells its own story. If it, If there wasn't that film there to compare... This one would get more reviews and more uh, people would like wouldn't shit on it as much. I mean, look at the cast for the American one. You know what I mean? We're not talking about slouches here. You've got Josh Brolin, Elizabeth Olsen, Charlotte O'Cotley, and Samuel L. Jackson as mm-hmm. four of your so, main characters. They, they went after that. it and mm-hmm. they they did it well, both with budget and with screenwriting and with imagery. You know, they didn't try and clone the original because if you try to clone the original, you'd be shot down immediately. They tweaked it around just a little bit to make it accessible to a Western audience. The one thing yeah. people forget about Far Eastern cinema um, is like how the use of language in the Eastern languages is so different from ours. Yeah. Sometimes a literal clone mm-hmm. from a Japanese or a Korean movie over to an American movie would it it wouldn't make enough sense. The language is too poetic. It's mm-hmm. too descriptive for it to just go say these words in a different language, do yeah. these things in a, a certain way. The culture's different as well as the language. So you've got to you've got to fine-tune it for the people that are going to watch. If you don't want to watch the original, watch the American no, remake. No, I, I can hear never... the caps lock. I can hear it. The <laughs> American <laughs> remake is the good film. Yes. <laughs> I'll stand, never, I'll, I'll stand by that one. Ant would never I, let me watch the American one. It would have to uh, be... He would have to be the Asian one, and he would make me not because um, normally I like to do the mm-hmm. dub over. Yeah, um, that is not, but, that would not be a choice. But it's Spike, <laughs> it's Spike Lee, isn't it? Is yeah, it the, the, the same new director? I think it is. Yeah, I think, I think McKill is right. Yeah, I think. So. I think I, we're, not, we're not talking about a, like a, a mm. sub like he's a master in what he does. You would think <laughs> yeah, he would make a good bloody film. Yeah, but the, but that's the thing because. Because people love love the Asian version, and that's why this film, like in all theories, like the American version, should have been a mega hit. But because this one was done the way it was, they said it could never work. But that's the thing: a lot of people, it wouldn't have the same impact as well if you knew what was coming. Yeah, because it have the same twist. Same twist. It does. Yes. Oh. <laughs> See, I didn't. I actually, I didn't generally. I don't mind when. Um, when Eastern movies are turned over for Western, because I appreciated that when I finally got round to watching the Japanese Grudge, I generally didn't understand what was going on. It wasn't until I went with your fine lady wife and we went to see the English one, mm-hmm. or the American one, um, I got it. That actually helped us in a way to like understand what I'd just watched before. So I do I do get why they do it. I don't see why people should get angry over it. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's the internet. <laughs> Oh, sorry. It's a very, a very good villain choice, though, because uh, at the end of it, I was like, like why? All of that? <laughs> all of that? Just for that? I was I was, I was, was really angry. And I know what happened to him was, was something, but get therapy. Don't put a man in a bloody hole for God knows how long. Like, mm-hmm. it was a lot. 
Yeah. <laughs> I will watch it though. I will. I will no, give it a watch. You won't. I will. <laughs> you never do. Grant. Grant. My New Year's resolution is to go through all my all my notepads and watch the movies you've recommended. Well, we're not doing a podcast anymore. You'll be watching films all the time. <laughs> Listen, I only work three days a week. I've got the time. <laughs> when you get round to sorry to bother you, um, tell us that you're going to watch it, and I'll remind you of what I said on the uh, on the podcast about it. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got a list. I've got my list. Is it, is it my turn? I want the fourth pick there, Sam. Fourth, right, okay. And I'm, I'm going to go with this one because I, I toed and froed um, whether or not I was going to bring him up into a list. Um, but when I was really having a good think about what this guy did throughout an entire film, um, was just absolutely horrific. And but he also he also give us one of the best lines in cinema history. It doesn't come from him; it comes from someone else, mm-hmm. and it's quoted quite a lot. What in the box? <laughs> it is John Doe from yeah. Seven. I was yes. so close to choosing John Doe. What a pick. What a pick. Sorry that it is Kevin Spacey. I apologise, but I am looking <laughs> at the actual character, not the actor. Yeah. Um, the character is incredibly sadistic, but incredibly clever too. <laughs> to come up with seven, the seven deadly sins and put them in the way that he did was, oh, yeah. Horrific. It's one of them films, I absolutely adore this movie. And Love it's it. so cleverly done. I can't help but getting so angry because you never get the answers you want. That's the thing. What's when it comes in to... the box? No, but when it comes to John Doe, because I, I know it's his masterpiece and stuff like that, but you never really find out anything more than what they give you. And uh, I think that's so cleverly done and so well put when it comes to a villain. Because, as I said, when we've had conversations in the past, my biggest thing is I love to let them decide or let you think about the reasoning. And like Michael Myers, you don't need to know why he's evil. You, like I said, that's up for you to like to imagine and see what's going on. But with this, it's it's kind of like what got him to the place where he wanted to do this? Like what happened to him? Like how's like you you, you don't even find out his name. No. That's the best part about it. You don't find out his name. He is forever known as John Doe. Um, he, I think this is one of yours, one of your DVDs that I lent and just absolutely... <laughs> we lived in the same house together. I don't think it worked like that. Um, oh, but yeah, dude, my brother was... would not get none of my shit. <laughs> oh, we weren't that we weren't that possessive over stuff, unless I'd lent it out and never got it back, like I did with you. What's eating Gilbert's crib? I'll never forget Uh-oh. that. I'll never forget that. <laughs> don't, open, um, don't, don't, don't open your old wounds now. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think this is one that Michaela um, had on DVD and I just randomly picked up because it wasn't, I thought it was something else. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was like a psychological, I thought it was, because Michaela does like a lot of um, worldly films. And I was like, oh, this could be, yeah, this could be <laughs> something. That bloody I'm- foreign film. <laughs> <laughs> but, but me and Michaela, we do, we, for all we have very similar tastes, we in fact actually have incredibly separate ones at the same time. Um, but I love this. I love the um, the cinematography in this film. It's just beautiful and um, scenes that are completely and utterly vile is still done in a beautiful mm-hmm. setting the color tone that's used in here is just brilliant um morgan freeman and brad pitt working together is 
genius. I loved it. Um, but it's the idea of mm-hmm. don't know why he did it. Yeah. What he did was incredibly clever. Mm-hmm. And you do, and again, it is like you said, we don't get an answer for it. And yeah. the fact that he actually went out of his way, like we know what was in that box. Like yeah. it's not that. Yeah, it's 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 just it was it's just so beautifully done. And I couldn't not have him in my list after I was yeah. like, oh, so I, I know the they never talked about a sequel, but they did talk about a prequel where they were going to show other cases that like the Morgan Freeman character worked on. And oh. stuff like that. That that would have been something. I don't know if it was going to be like a film or a TV show. I know that was talked about a few years ago. Or maybe rumoured. No, but I don't think he could follow it. That's the thing. It's one of them films similar to like the usual suspects <laughs> again, and another good Kevin Spacey bad guy like the usual yeah, suspects. He, actually, <laughs> I, I toured and wrote between Kaiser mm-hmm. Soze and but I couldn't talk about Kaiser Soze like I can with John Doe. Yeah, it's just like. A, a hard act to ever follow type thing because where could you go after that yeah mm-hmm. i don't i wouldn't be mad at the fact if we were getting like a detective show with mm-hmm. like morgan freeman's like case files and it was set in that era and i wouldn't be mad at that let's just let's just do it See the amount of good ideas we've had on this podcast I, know, yeah, Hollywood. <laughs> I think i just don't like elaborate villains like because they're like oh boy like what he did it's like that's so much energy (laughs) (laughs) seven so so much detail and work and you're just like why i can't get out of bed half the time we'll make it it simple we'll go war games do you want to play a game (laughs) (laughs) that's an 80s reference sorry Mikhail looks absolutely clueless. <laughs> um, th- that scene though in that bedroom with the mm. the guy who's like completely dehydrated and he's got the air freshens around and Doctor Cox gets mm-hmm. right up to his yeah. face and oh, uh, that moment to, to realize that he's still alive, but then he's deteriorated to the point where there's he's not going to be brought back or there's no coming back as well it's the it, movement it's the mm. it's the movement and then it's the fear in cox's eyes like that <laughs> is just knowing that i know i knew him as dr cox first mm-hmm. and go, oh my god it's dr cox on the screen oh good god dr cox is getting <laughs> fucking terrified and <laughs> um, i just love it i love I'll, I'll never forget lust lust was stood with me for oh, a long time that, that's the one that i'm like oh no yeah <laughs> With that the movie, night. it's it's so much to do with oh. the imagery as well, and I think mm-hmm. in a lot of um, like when we're talking about villains and kind of just general evil and uh, what have you, David Fincher is an absolute mm-hmm. master at being able to frame these characters up absolutely mm-hmm. incredibly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's one of my favorite directors. I love Fight Club. Um, mm-hmm. Alien Three is uh, well, the extended cut of Alien Three. Um, is close to a par with the first one for my favourite mm. Alien film. Um, whenever Fincher wants to get a villain over properly, he yeah. really, really puts them over, and he does it brilliantly. The, some of the um, dead, I don't know if, I can't account for the, all of them, but I know Lust is based off a true story. Right. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Moving on. So- <laughs> Oh my god, after all the talk yous have just done, and that's what we're moving on with. 
My goodness. But yeah, yeah. Seven is really a good film. Oh, yeah. That gives us pain. But yeah, so. <laughs> so uh, I feel like I haven't understood the, the assignment here with my picks. So I've got, like I said, I've picked a teddy bear. You've gone all warm and fuzzy, and yeah, everyone else Mama has gone. No, no. <laughs> Oh, that'd unfortunately, be mint. <laughs> no, unfortunately, the Goonies isn't picked because, even though I love the Goonies, the villains, there's no villains in the Goonies, just everyone's having a good time. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, again, one of my favourite films as a kid, that bombed big style. Like, it, like, it was probably one of Spielberg's biggest flops um, of the time. But the character in this if you said this was this actor doing this role and watched it, you wouldn't be able to tell until someone told you. But it's just mesmerising to see him and he's so engaging. And I loved the book when I was a kid, like the original and like the cartoon. But um, Rufio, Rufio, oh, Rufio. Um, Dustin Hoffman as Captain Who in, in Who. Like that performance, like everything about it. It just gives us joy, like you... I, I and childhood memories of like everything, uh, like how like nasty and thing, but you kind of like got it and like why you wanted it. And Robin Williams was just absolutely fantastic as Peter Pan, and them playing off each other and like some of the, like the lines and like word dialogue was cheesy as fuck, but the way they give it's it, so good. Uh, it was good. It's like. Uh, Death is uh, is a great adventure. He said, "Death is the only adventure type thing," um, and like say how he's like um, like tries to make his kids love him and stuff like that. And, it's his laugh, man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I still can't see Justin Hoffman. By the way. No, that's how good he is. I still to this day, how many years later, I still can't see Justin Hoffman no, as who definitely. And like, say, as a codfish as well. But uh, I like there's certain bits in it that stands out more. That like now as an adult, I quite uh, like, like say, get emotional. And like, because you can feel is that like when he's like lost the will to live and he's like, threatening to kill himself. And he's like, and uh, like, say, Bob Hoskins, me, it was just amazing it oh. as well. Uh, is like trying to talk him down. He's like, get the take the gun off me, Smee. Stop me, Smee. Don't stop me. Sarah <laughs> is literally just quoted that in the comments. <laughs> Don't but, try and stop me, Smee. Don't you dare try and stop me. <laughs> and the whole change and like like Dustin Hoffman's an American, like his accent is very quintessential British as well. And it's just fun. It's it's not as bad as like say as people give him shit for. But Every aspect, even at the point where he's like good, good form, good chap, and uh, <laughs> when um, he's sword fighting with, uh, like, say Peter, and he loses his wig, and you see him like as a just an old, sad old man, and it breaks your heart a little bit. Like, say this fierce person that you were terrified in, like the books as a kid, like Captain Hook, being this menacing character. Even like, say in Peter Pan, the cartoon, he was like a, a buffoon, but he still had that bit of menace to him. And the same brain brought down to that level, and it's just like like every aspect is um is just fun and joyous to watch, and that's what I like say I thought about the villain wise because when I watch it, I absolutely watch it like say because seeing Dustin Hoffman and Robin Williams play off each other is just amazing. and the joyous and like when that sword fight when he kills Rufio as well, you get so <gasps> mad 
because it's just like uh, looky looky I got hooky and it's just like say so well done but yeah yeah you've really gone down the warm and fuzzy route on this one mind <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that says about the rest of us I'm <laughs> <laughs> film hook because my partner hates it absolutely hates it but I was shocked stunned when they were like oh yeah it didn't receive very well like when it came mm-hmm. out and that I was like what <laughs> no I thought, I thought it was like so beloved and I think it's just mm-hmm. like a certain like our generation that like, kind of time period probably like late, uh, <laughs> mid-80s late-80s kind of thing um where it hit you the right way <laughs> I think it, it, like six a lot of films like when they say like we are of the time where if it didn't do well at the cinema they called it a bomb but it blew up when it came out on VHS. Yeah, that was that's where, VHS. that's where I kind of found its like its audience and everyone kind of like grew and like it used to be on like Christmas time or uh Easter, like say used to be always be like one of the family films that used to always show on ITV and stuff. But like it's legendary now because people still talk about like that meal, that imaginary meal. People say the like in like films that like if you want to like go back and eat a meal from a fil- film Everyone always say, says they want that banquet because yeah. so, it looks so beautiful and so colourful. So I don't know if anyone's been at home and has been watching I'm a Celeb. There is a moment, there was a challenge where they had shit dunked on them. Now, two of the, two, one of them, Boy George, is vegetarian and the other two aren't. So they didn't use offal or anything like that. What Boy George got was this colourful array of goo that <laughs> looked like the stuff that was at that meal. And me and Ant were like, doesn't that look like the stuff from the meal from Hook? <laughs> <laughs> it did not make me want to eat it, but the colours in it, because yeah. the colours in that scene are phenomenal. Like yeah. I like my eye is like does not know where to land because there's so much going on. I just love it as well because of like Glenn Close's little cameo that no one knew about. <laughs> that was just so cleverly like, done as yeah, well. Yeah, because there was no IMDB back in the day to tell us that that was going close. That she was the one that was put in the chest with the scorpions. Yes, she <laughs> was very much so. I do love, I love Hook because again, I just can't see Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm. I can't see that man from Rain Man in yeah. there or Kramer versus Kramer. I can't see that dude in there. And that's how he's so good. Mm-hmm. Your choices have been very interesting. <laughs> is, is that a code for shit? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Because Lotso is judging you, he's watching you. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the bad bear is always going to get you. That's right, Sarah, the boo box. Oh, yes. God. <laughs> the boo box. Even, even though, um, like, say, Julia Roberts was a tit on set, but we'll not go into that. <laughs> it's the daughter, I kind of think. Think about though. Yeah, yes, <laughs> I agree. Oh yes. <laughs> so kill uh, That's where that's where it's been there, uh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so Michaela, it's your last pick to take us home. So where I am, um, I wanted to pick a, a character where. They're all unlikable, but I think a lot with um women in in films and that um they're not a lot of them are not portrayed as complicated complex characters. Mm-hmm. So I was going to pick, which I was telling Sam about when we went out the other day. I was going to pick uh, Charlie Theron's character in um Younger Adult, right? Which is a Jason Reitman film, mm-hmm. um because she's so unlikable in it. 
which is fabulous in it. And there's also um oh the marriage of Maria Brown, like the woman who plays Maria Brown, which is a German film. Like I think that's what it's called. I've completely got it out of my head. Anyway, and she's just this complicated, um, like horrible woman who's out for herself, but not horrible and blah blah blah. I have picked um a 2006 film called Sherry Baby, and it's um, Maggie Gyllenhaal's the main woman, and it's about this woman who comes out of prison and just how she navigates her life. So she's got a child, and she's trying to get a job and trying to like better herself, and she is horrible. <laughs> like she's just she's selfish. She she really doesn't care about her kids. She always thinks about you know her because she has drug problems and things like that. And it's this just a beautiful, complex woman who you think, oh, well, she has to redeem herself because she has to be seen as a good person. And I think Maggie Gyllenhaal plays it brilliantly um, because it's that Hollywood movie star. And you think she will redeem herself because she has a child. And, you know, the, the mother in you, it'll mm. it'll pick her and, and she, you know, motherhood will triumph. But actually she's she's riddled with addiction and and. Mm. Um, really only thinks about herself and I think she's just beautifully portrayed as a very complicated woman but again someone that you would not want to spend any time with like a really yeah. like horrible character where you can think oh in a movie like why would you why am I rooting mm-hmm. for her and mm-hmm. she's the, she is the film yeah why am I rooting for her and then she ter- she like is herself the villain in this whole piece Mm-hmm. Even though you're trying your hardest to be like, no, I'm rooting for you. And it's a, it's, I've only seen it once. It's a film where it's quite a, it's not as like irreversible, hard to watch, but it is a, it mm-hmm. is a hard film to like be yeah. able to buy, but just to watch it for Maggie Gyllenhaal's performance. And mm-hmm. I think it's just a really good example of these complex women. I think Charlie's Throne also in Monster is a kind of good one too. Yeah. Of the, these, these people who are really unlikable. And mm-hmm. the actresses are, are really wanting to like delve in and play them in these complicated roles. Not just play like all, just not trying like like do it all pretty and Hollywood style, but do it like kind of real, if that makes yeah. sense. Ugly yeah. and dirty, and so that, like mm-hmm. especially in um, I can't contest the other two because I've not seen them, but definitely Charlie's Theron's performance in Monster. Mm-hmm. She she went hard on that. And mm. I do like complex villains. And I, when I'm looking at my list, there's no complexity about them at all. They are just, my, my list is just pure evil. I was going to say, John Doe's quite complex. Do you reckon? Too yeah. complex. <laughs> <laughs> He's got layers. It, it, it takes a few of them off of his fingernails. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I see pure evil. <laughs> oh, well, I've got one. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, good pick. It's not a movie I've seen or familiar, no, no, but, I, but I, I am familiar with uh, Jelly, uh, Maggie's work. Like, yeah. yeah, like she does like a lot of mainstream, but she does uncomfortable as well. I remember seeing her in the Secretary, and yeah. it's a weird movie. Oh, she's brilliant in it. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, the, the other one, adult, um, young. What was it called? Is it called Young Adult? I think so. I think it's written by the last who does Juno Diablo Cody. Mm. And it's just great. She's she's this what this ghostwriter who goes back to a town and tries to steal like a her um her boyfriend from school, even though she's married with kids and happy, and she doesn't actually give a shit that she's gonna try and steal this man. And it's a brilliant film. But definitely Sherry I picked Sherry Baby because I knew it would be a little less 
known. So we'd definitely mm-hmm. check that out to watch a very complicated, complex character piece. Cool. And that's my well, picks. Very done. Well done, Michaela. <laughs> like I say, very interesting, very like starting off with Biff and going so going <laughs> to some dark places. But yeah. So Grant, what are you taking us home with? <laughs> <laughs> so probably not a dark film. Um it's definitely one that I think we've uh, we've all seen or at least uh, we're aware of. Um this film haunts me, but because it's one of my favourite horror films, and I've talked about it a few times on the podcast already, I don't mind. Um, every single time you post in the group, oh, post a selfie and we'll cast you in a horror film or you know, whatever. <laughs> I post a selfie and it's the same damn guy from the same <laughs> damn film every single time. The, that film is full of villains, and I haven't picked the one that people might think I have. I'm talking about um, Devil's Rejects, Back right. Rob Zombie. Oh, you do have a little look of there, uh, Bill Mosley, about yeah. <laughs> I am Willy fucking Wonka, and this is my chocolate factory. Oh my um, god, that was so good. <laughs> but no, uh, the villain that I've pulled out of this one is the kind of the twist villain out of it, and it's uh, Sheriff Wydell, mm-hmm. uh, by William Forsyth. Mm-hmm. Um, so Michaela, good. have you seen it? Yes. <laughs> uh, you, you two guys have seen it, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Good God, guys. yeah, it's one of my favourites. I love it. The, um, the reason that I picked Sheriff Wydell as a villain is because he doesn't start the movie as a villain. Mm-hmm. And it takes a very, very um, good mix of actors, of cinematography, and the one thing that I've always loved this movie for, and it's why one of the guy's albums came up in my top five albums, is the soundtrack. The soundtrack mm-hmm. for this movie plays so well to where Rob Zombie wants to guide you mm-hmm. to the point where it, it actually takes you from this horrifying family that are raping and killing and murdering and cannibalizing and all the rest of it. And it makes you feel sorry for them by the end of the film. And the whole, the whole reason that that movie is able to do that is because of William Forsythe's mm-hmm. portrayal as the vengeful sheriff yep. in Devil's Reject. Um, it seems you know, completely justified that he wants to get the revenge. His brother's been killed um, by this family in the past, but the the depths to which he sinks in order to get his revenge ultimately ends up with this horrific family of cannibal rapists, torturers, not being heroes by the end of it, but it definitely makes you feel empathy. And like I said, William Forsyth does it, but the way that the, the soundtrack in this yeah. movie is geared around how it wants to make you feel as that story yeah. progresses is absolutely pivotal to it. But His... yeah, William Forsyth, a... Sheriff John Quincy oh, Wydell. Such a good choice because you're absolutely right. You are. I'm often trying to find the reason and why I'm rooting for the fireflies at the end. And it is his behavior throughout the whole thing that leads to that moment when Freebird is playing and you're like, no, just <laughs> go and get some tutti fruity ice cream. <laughs> it's, it's, um, the, it's the almost a um, Leslie. Sorry. sorry, no, that's no, fine. No, no, I was going to say. No, no, go on. I was going to say. Um, it's almost similar to in a way that was done for uh, from Dust Till Dawn as well, because George Clooney's character, like I say, is he's not a nice guy; he's a horrible person throughout. And the twist, like I say, with it, and he, he becomes like the kind of like the hero of the piece, which he should never have been. But and it's the same type of like uh, like way of working it out, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. yeah. No, what I was just going to say was the uh, the scene with, is it Leslie? Leslie, can't think of her surname. Leslie Easterbrook. Easterbrook, that's it. Thank you. Um, it's that scene where she's in prison and she won't give them up. And he, oh, she just absolutely ridicules them with some of the best dialogue I have ever heard. And I generally believe if Karen Black had done the second one, it done Devil's Reject, she would never have been able to pull that scene off the mm-hmm. way that Leslie did because it was so hooking powerful. Mm-hmm. That is one of my favorite scenes in the whole film is that bit of dialogue where she's going at, like, she's going, she, it's like she's crazy, but she's yeah. talking total fucking sense. <laughs> They're gonna get you, Sheriff. <laughs> that end bit is so, our voice is just fantastic. It's, I love Karen Black. Don't, I honestly have got nothing against Karen Black, but I generally wish that Leslie had been in um, House of a Thousand Corpses. Mm-hmm. I think as a, as a mom of Firefly, she was just that damn good. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 an interesting take as well. But yeah, like it's kind of like the this big switcheroo that you you meant to be looking this way, but this is the way you meant to be looking. Yeah, that, that's always quite look interesting. At, look at all this evil shit that they've done in the in the compact bit of this film. But guess what? That dickhead of a sheriff's coming. Let's uh, let's uh, let's hope they make this out all right. <laughs> Certainly, no great pick, but one I wasn't expecting as well. No, so well done. I, I, I think it's really. <laughs> I think it's interesting yeah. as well because throughout the picks that we've done, because normally throughout we always do have a few crossovers, mm-hmm. and unless me and Especially Sam, unless, <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless uh, me and Sam have something like not expecting, it's yeah. going to be a quite probably the first time that we've not had uh, like a, a a repeat, shall we say? Yeah, and, and, there's and, been. Nothing predictable either. <laughs> always me, always me being the, the, the cuddly and fluffy one. <laughs> it shocks us. It really shocks us. I should yeah. have seen how it was going though when you start with a bear and then, like, how do you take it from there? Oh, there he is. It's always going to be watching you. The of the show now. <laughs> but that oh. was such a good choice, Grant. Honestly, when I, like, I know you really didn't have a lot of time to prepare for this, um, but I thought you would have went down an alien route at some point. So for you to have like the, your choices and Event Horizon being one of them, I thought was genius. Thank you. You are oh. welcome. Got to thank one of the guys at work, actually, because I was obviously I messaged Paul and said, oh, I'll step in. And then I went, what the fuck are you doing? You've still got an hour left. Yeah, I didn't think you realised it was a top five because you said, oh, I can do villains like just to the top of my head. And I'm like, he doesn't know what's a top five, does he? <laughs> <laughs> but now one of the guys at work actually mentioned it and I was like I hadn't thought of any at this point um, and he just went oh what about this and I was like motherfucker what a choice I am stealing that <laughs> stolen <laughs> yeah. so sorry your last pick there lovely right. lady this is probably going to take a lot of you by surprise especially my sister, because she's probably been trying to guess my whole list since Friday. Um, <laughs> oh, sir, are you a guard? <laughs> she, ain't, she ain't on there. But it is a woman. Um, she is... Uh, I'm just going to tell you who she is so we can talk about her. It is from the 2017 Academy Award winning horror film, Get Out. It's Rose Armitage. It is the girlfriend of the guy of the fucked up family 
I absolutely hate the bitch. Mm. I can't stand her. I couldn't stand her from the first second I saw her, and it just progressively got worse throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. To know that she is the reason that these men have been put in this situation is down to her. She's actually worse than the rest of them. She did more damage than the actual family because she was bringing them there. Yeah. Um, and it's what she pulls at the end mm-hmm. when he's running away down the, the path and he sees the police car coming up and she instantly, I don't know if she throws something at him, like it makes it look like she's in danger when mm-hmm. in actual fact he's running away from her. And thank Christ it was his friend that's in the car. Like I have never, I screamed with like, I can't, I can't believe that. Because if it, if it hadn't been and it had been the police, that wouldn't have worked out very well for him. Yeah. And it was, oh, she was just a horrible bitch. Can't stand her. It was, again, it's an uncomfortable watch because, like, as I said, it raises so many different film. issues. Um, it was... It was the first Jordan Peele one, wasn't it? That he yeah. Got... This is this is where Jordan Peele was like, "Hello, people, I can write," <laughs> <laughs> and I did. It's not a comedy either. I did not know. I did not expect when I heard heard it was a Jordan Peele movie and it was a horror movie. Yeah, that took me by surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not did you seen Keegan Peele. Yeah, you know I didn't because you sent us a load of videos. Fucking comedy horror, it's it's, it's that. But I, until we watch it, Keanu, the cat. It's the it's the Walking Dead one with yeah. the racist zombies is absolutely hilarious. But he's um he's writing ability in this film. Now I, I've not seen his newest one, but I've seen um what's the other one called? Not get um oh what's it us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Us. I, I like those. Not, not a fan. But it's mm-hmm. only because of it's too overcomplicated. Yeah. Visually, it's beautiful. Characters, brilliant. But the whole story itself is just too overly complicated for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but get out is just it was at the time, it was like I was I had this sudden like urge of like, oh my god, horror's coming back. Because we had this and then we had hereditary, and it yeah. was like, oh, it was just such a good time. <laughs> Hereditary is amazing. Never seen any of them. <laughs> Ariaster is absolutely phenomenal when it comes to Hereditary. I love that film. It is so fucking uncomfortable. Um, and he does uncomfortable very well. But I am going with the absolute, I can't remember any of them now, absolute bitch Rose as my final pick. God, I really hate it. I get so angry when I think about it. When I think of that final scene, it boils me blood. Mm. So, yeah. Never watch girls then. She's in that. She's in that, and they're all bloody horrible. <laughs> I think you made me watch the first episode, um, oh. and I've never watched it since. I cannot go into the the hatred of girls at this moment in time. Pressure. It's a whole new podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, I would not have seen that one coming. So well done, Sam. You surprised yeah. us all. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, go... I thought you was going to go Hannibal Lecter. That's what I thought. Yeah, I, I, I would have had money on one for Hannibal. Uh, but probably my last pick is probably the most predictable. The most... No, it's not a Goonies reference. Uh, unless, sorry, Sam, are you happy for me to go last one there? Yeah, yeah, I've got nothing to say more about that, bitch. Cool. So for anyone who's watching on YouTube, uh, like still watching, I'm going to put a video up. Unfortunately, we'll not, we'll not see it. Uh, but uh, So I'll just load that for you now. It is probably the most predictable one for my picks, just simply because this is the reason why I love movies. Uh, when I first watched this film as a kid, 
um, seeing every aspect, seeing uh, Technicolor. So that's a bit bit of a spoiler there. Um, Well, I didn't see it. (laughs) Seeing the Wicked of Witch uh, from The Wizard of Oz. um, Fair enough. I know, like, say... She's probably not the, the villain of the movie when you when you think about it. Like, say, a house was dropped on her sister. Uh, some yeah. uh, jumped-up girl from Canvas stole her shoes and uh, end up melting her with water as well. So, um, to be honest, like, the Wicked Witch did get a bit of a hard time. But <laughs> seeing that as a kid and seeing... Um... <laughs> That's good. Well, I knew he was going to bring that up. But seeing this... When I first like like going from the black and white and going seeing the Technicolor, seeing every aspect, seeing the yellow brick road, hearing that voice, uh, I get you pretty and a little dark too. <laughs> and going from like a... <laughs> she sounded like a nineteen fifties gangster there. Hey, hey, you see, <laughs> but just every aspect to it. Like say, I absolutely adore. And like say, I'm a huge Wizard of Oz fan, um, and. I, I love this film. This film has so many happy memories and like, has so many emotional memories. Like uh, uh, we had Don't Look uh, uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow uh, played as me and Nick left uh, after we got married, as we left the room and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And our theme for Wizard of Oz, she wore the ruby red slippers. Um, oh. uh, Bridesmaid had every uh, like different coloured dresses from the rainbow and stuff like that. So it did have like huge uh, a kind of like memories to us but when I'm thinking about villains and people that stand out I could not think of anyone other than the Wicked Witch to be one of my main picks because just stood the test of time I can yeah. go when you go to Florida there's a the ultimate movie ride as well which takes you through like you start off going through the Japanese cinema where it's called the hand prints and everything on the wall on the floor and it takes you through the moments of uh, the movies like the first bit you go in You've got like a tour guide, but you're sitting there and um, like you, you're going along the ship and alien and the alien comes out. And, like It's all robotics, but still well done. And one of the turns you take, you go into Munchkin land, you follow down the thing and the floor opens up and smoke comes out and the Wicked Witch comes out. And it's, again, childhood memories that flood out, nostalgia that hits you like right in the face. And um, I love, <laughs> love every aspect to it. Speaking of hitting right in the face, I think my mum could have done that plenty of times for us when we mm-hmm. uh, were on that ride and we get to mm-hmm. uh, the Emerald, well, not the Emerald City, but the Munchkin Land, and we would just go, easy stop, ma'am. Um, <laughs> she would go absolutely shit. That ride is phenomenal. Is it but still I, there? I don't still think there? it's there. It's no. not. It's not. The last time <laughs> no, we went, we went to oh. it. did its last ride um, not long ago. It's gone. That's um, bullshit. But the whole the whole NGM Studios is kind of being mm-hmm. torn down and rebuilt, and that was one of them. But yeah, nice. it's, it, it's if you want to watch it though, you can watch a point of view on, uh, on YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if I can steal the video for you. <laughs> it's the end bit on that ride. It's when you're sitting and you've got all three screens in front of you, and it just goes through movie montage of just mm. everything. I can still hear the music mm-hmm. in my head as it's playing. Yes, but like I say, as a bad guy, it it was pretty pretty much what a bad guy should have been of the time. Um, like I say, it was very much like a strong, independent woman. Probably, uh, like some men were saying, no, they can't be like say, seen her as a witch and and stuff like that. But um, like 
even the songs about her as well, the Wicked Witch is dead and stuff. And a whole, and it is probably one of the most, uh, like say, copied or stolen from aspects to movies. Like it's been ripped out and kissed took out so many times. But there's little elements like even when she's setting fire to the scarecrow and stuff like that, it's it's horrifying. But um, yeah, I absolutely adore this movie and I, I adore this villain. I I should watch uh, read John Waters' Idols book because he mm. he is the same obsessed with the actress who plays her and all like mm-hmm. um and I think one of the chapters is all about her. I actually have it if you want to lend it. It's such a good book. It's oh, it's cool. um it's aged because <laughs> it's been I've lent it to every because I think everyone should read it. It's such a good book. Mm-hmm. But yes, um, I, I had to finish it off with the Wizard of Oz. I'm surprised there wasn't more Disney ones, but again, we're in more of a darker route than I was expecting. <laughs> I think we all want. I think like it's getting to the point now. We've all done this how many times before, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I was thinking, I know what people are going to think of me. They're going to think Hannibal Lecter, Darth Vader, Voldemort. Like, there's there's a list there that that like I know that people are going to think of, and I was like, do you know what? Fuck is. I'm going to go down a different route. <laughs> I think Michaela pushed the button when she said on Friday that she had a feeling. Oh, Norman Bates was another one. Had a yeah. feeling that she knew what my list was going to be. And I was like, do you know what, motherfucker? You're not. <laughs> I won't change it. <laughs> it's it's surprising as well, because as, as we said, what in the group we did do, like, say, a top, like, a face head to heads of villains and, like, votes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the ones that were mentioned or in the top 10 or even like that one haven't been picked in this because I, I know it's always down to personal thing like I went with the first picks like th- there was a few that could have made it like uh, David from the Lost Boys he almost hit me the cut because I, I love love the movie yeah but as a as a villain I think see, it's it's a hard one I think it's the ones that leave the impression and stick with you that that's the ones I've went for like memory wise um I know that Christopher Lloyd's um uh, like doom in, uh, doom in who framed roger rabbit well that was almost. the one well that was the one i changed out for ralph fines i put right. i had ralph fines and i was like no i'm gonna go with doom and then when everyone was going all like hardcore i was like right i'm gonna change it back to uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna change it back to the nazi <laughs> yeah there's, there's certain aspects i don't know if you've got any like honorable mentions or anything like that that you i know sure you did you said you had some michaela um, I had one I mentioned, and then another one was like a pure classic was um, Tommy Tommy V. How do you say his name? Joe Pesci's character in uh, Goodfellas. Ah, yes. <laughs> Am I a clown? I told you, do I make you laugh? <laughs> Coel Deville's like my ultimate villain lover. But um, we tried to convince me, Mum, to watch Goodfellas on Friday. That went down like an absolute lead balloon. <laughs> still, still better than The Godfather, in my opinion, but still. Oh, how dare you! <laughs> Way better than the Godfather. (laughs) (laughs) I only watched the Godfather because you pushed us to watch it because you kept banging on about it. What's a good film? But really good film. Better. What about you, Grant? Um, Patrick Wilson in Hard Candy. Oh, Oh. nice. At least we didn't go down the nun. (laughs) (laughs) I was torn at the last minute as to whether I should put him in there. Um, 
and for no there was no reason why he shouldn't have been in there. I was just kind of like, oh, but what else can I drop to shoehorn him in there? Because I think again, obviously, I've been quite serious with my cinematic choices today. Um, you know, we haven't had a lot of Disney villains out of me. No. Um, Grant, I would never expect a Disney villain out of you. <laughs> it's another one of those films that really pushes the boundaries both emotionally and kind of visually. Um, and uh, Patrick Wilson, I've, I wouldn't say I'm a massive fan of him, but everything that I've mm-hmm. seen him in, he's been incredible. But yeah. that is uh, that's a, a role apart from anything else that he's done. And um, Elliot Page, obviously Ellen Page at the time, um, playing a female character, mm-hmm. was absolutely phenomenal in it. And obviously... You, when we're talking about villains, your villains are somewhat balanced out by your heroes as well. In order to be a truly effective villain, I think you do have to be playing opposite a hero that is believable and it's very, very believable hero. Yeah. And what it could cut balls off hero- heroic, but I think given the circumstances, <laughs> definitely heroic. And what a choice for an actor to like actually play that role. Like, mm-hmm. It's brave. Like, oh no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. It's brave choices. Yeah. No, that's the thing. Again, you can go from all the different levels. Like, say, if I've been like hammy villains to ones where actually terrify you and sadistic. And I think the real life ones always are that little bit more scary as well. Um, I know, like, ones I was talking about as well. Not again, if we go Disney, but it was uh, probably just, again from Basil the Great Mouse Detective was close in there, mm. uh, just, <laughs> just because of the Sherlock Holmes references. Um, but one I almost got in there, but I, it's a difficult one because it's a hard one to call him a villain. But he is a little bit in the in the Biff mold. Was Ace from Stand by Me, the Kiefer Sutherland character? I always like oh, he's quite, an asshole, him. <laughs> yeah, quite drawn to. But um, I try to stay away from the horror genre yeah, type type of thing as well because I think it would have been very predictable uh, to go down that route. But it was an interesting topic. It was like say one that I thought was going to cause, like, not cause problems, but, like, say, cause a few discussions and stuff, and which it has, which I, I very much enjoyed. Very different ones to what we're expecting, because we all kind of, the uh, majority mm-hmm. of our top fives, we do pick the same ones, or we do pick similar ones, and mm-hmm. um, it has been a very different conversation. One of um, mine, I've just completely forgotten now, <laughs> I had it in my head and everything because oh that was it because I didn't want to go down horrors easy when it comes <laughs> to villains you've you know you've got a plethora you can just pick and choose but there was one that kind of stood out for us um just because the fact that you don't see uh, you don't see it coming um but I can't see it because I really want you to watch the fucking film <laughs> it's a uh, sleepaway camp and I really want you to watch it so I don't want to see it. But there's some pretty evil people in that film. Certainly, but yeah, um, I, I, I think different viewpoints as well because it's what you view as a villain, who is a villain. Like, yeah. I, I know we get now the modern day villains, where other villains are the bad, like especially in the Marvel universe, where they're trying to play that card. A lot of the villains now is like have realistic ambitions or realistic problems that just go about in different ways, and it doesn't mean it's the wrong. But yeah. that, that's the type of argument or discussion that potentially could be looked at. But I like the fact that we've pretty much went down from not just, like, say, that 
problematic one, but pretty sadistic and evil bastards too. The worst of them all, the fucking bear. The fucking bear. (laughs) So we're going to wrap this bad boy up. Yes. So thank you guys for coming on. Thank you for for everyone who stayed with us. I know it's been a long episode. Um, Next week is going to be fun as well. So we are taking it back to the youth as well. We're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from toys, cartoons to the movies. And we are joined by, I believe, Kev. Um, uh, no, no, uh, Graham. Jake, isn't it? Jake and Graham. I was trying to say after Graham's coming back, so there will be references oh, to Maggie Thatcher. It'll be, I don't know how he's going to get Maggie Thatcher into the Turtles, but I'm oh, sure. It's going to be interesting okay. to see him do oh, it. <laughs> so we've got the return of Jake and Graham. Um, so you can find us on Facebook. It's Facebook. It's Nutty Up North Community on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram. Twitter. Um, oh. I always say it. I generally don't know if it's still on there anymore. I tried um, Hive, but it, Hive didn't seem to want to work for us. So fuck oh, that. gosh. Um, <laughs> but we are looking to launch our Patreon in the new year, so be on the lookout for that. And um, mm. there is Charlotte's Book Club. Um, and I think that is it. Yeah, you can I think... find us on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcast from. Certainly. So if you like talking about the Patreon as well, if you are in, if people are interested in trying to support and help us, um, you can find us. Just search Nerdy Up North Patreon. We, we are there now. We are still trying to get things in place there. But if you did want to support us, like I say, it's more than welcome. You'll get your name on the podcast with like Michael Goodwill, Nicole Crank. And Lee Davis and Donna Yeoman, who have all uh, become patrons and sub- subscribed. There's only one person that's got Goonie level, which is Lee. We don't expect <laughs> you to pay for that, that. That one was a bit of a joke, but still, it's appreciated. But, but thank you, Lee. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's all been launched in the new year. So be on the lookout. Yes. And uh, we've got a few things coming up. So, again, like I said, the Turtles one this week, we're m- m- looking to do. A most haunted watch through with uh, <laughs> the, pen- the second episode of the Pendle Hill Live. So, dear two, with, uh, so yeah. um, we're going to see Derek get possessed and uh, the witches take over the. Uh, not spoilers for everyone. Say Sammy shit herself as well. <laughs> it is the it's the Ghost Watch crew returning to do Pendle Hill uh, watch along. It's going to be if you've tuned in for the Ghost Watch one or tried to tune in for the Ghost Watch one. Because but if you did get to see any of it, it was fucking hilarious. And uh, and also as well, fucking subscribe or the bear will get you. <laughs> <laughs> A fucking bear. <laughs> Anyway, thanks guys. So same thanks, bath time, same bath time, same bath channel. You'll see something ridiculous before we go. Oh, got the fucking state of that dog. Cats <laughs> <laughs> is oh, judging it, and the cats <laughs> gypsy. But stay nerdy, everyone. Sorry. Bye. 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 <laughs> Look at that dog. <laughs> Sorry, just, like, fucking, just before I turned the laptop off.